Hi, this is Sarah Richard from New York Comic Con. I'm an illustrator working on a lot of My Little Pony. I have a kid's book. Um, but you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> sounds like a very refreshed and, and willing woohoo. Oh, it is. It is. Great. Uh, I go back to work tomorrow. Boss, be nice. Yeah. Throw me a beer. For real, yeah. You know? I have a couple of days. I just have a couple of weeks. If I don't, if I don't, it happens. Oh, wow. True. So I got a week. Yeah. yeah, I'm only allowed to carry over so many hours. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. We can carry over two weeks if we don't use our personal views. Right. Yeah. Wow. Government. Some service. Woo! Woo! I'm glad to talk to you guys again. Oh, I know, man. We missed you. I might as well get my talking in now. Sure. Because I'm probably not going to yeah, get too probably much. probably not. That's all right. We, they we have. missed you like crazy, though. For real. Yes. Dude, I know you're getting your degree and you're bettering yourself and all, but you got to figure out a way to make this happen next year. Yeah. I have to really figure out a way to make October happen. What? Because, uh, stop yeah, it. because Oh, listen, because um, my next study tour is in November. So? Early November. Mm-hmm. Like November, November 4th. So I have to get everything done. Before the con, and then I can go. How's that? I think the, 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 the part that probably, that, that kind of still stings from the weekend mm-hmm. is that there was room in our booth on our side of the table at the diner Saturday night for you. Look at that. It true. was like ghost vents. And. Like Uncle Ben. And we got upgraded to a suite. Yes. So there was mad comfy room for everybody too. Yes. I, you know, I don't care about and, that. And you know what? I thought about wearing my robe like that dude did Sunday morning down to the lobby. Would it, would it all open and you hanging out? Yeah. Like a ball. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just, we're, we're just throwing shit out there, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into it in, in a few. David, did you get stung by a bug? <laughs> hey everybody. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock comics. I'm Vince B. David's mad because <laughs> I said you had a you hung like a pimple. Really? I just did. Oh, is that with, with the whole song and the bug? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my god! Explain oh, it. It's not yeah, worth it. Maybe if you were like you know one after another, but I mean like five minutes was spent <laughs> between the fucking between that. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus! All right, I'm David Price. Hello. 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 I think we're picking up CB chatter. That's hot. Breaker one nine. Biggity mic check. Where's the boy? CB Jenner, really? Yeah, it sounded like <laughs> well, it to me. Well, it can't be, it can't be me, cause I don't have any, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> you keep talking. Am I gonna introduce myself or we're we gonna keep chatting? I don't know, dude, you're, you're lagging here. Dude, I said, if you didn't let me get the segue in, I was saying, it can't be me with the CB chatter, cause I'm up in heaven, cause I'm Michael the Archangel. Aww, isn't that cute? But you're not though. You're, you're refreshed and, and willing Jason Wood, everybody. You know what? In the you, house. you know what Michael the Archangel is about there, right? Um, I'm just following you. I'm just following your lead. Dude, I just I watched Dominion. 
the new sci-fi show. Oh, on sci-fi? That's, that's a, a takeoff or a continuation of that Legion movie, Well, isn't it? I'm not going to hold that against it because I heard that movie was terrible. I didn't see the movie, but it got terrible Rotten Tomatoes yeah. reviews. Yeah, I did. But I dug this, uh, I dug, I dug the premiere episode for sure. I heard it's a little like God is Dead. Uh, yes. Well, from what I remember of God is Dead. Basically, it's, uh, the angels, uh, decide to, are cast out of heaven, and so they come down to earth and lay waste to humanity because they blame humans for their fall. And, uh, this takes place after all that's happened and, What's left of humanity are holed up in different places, like in this, in this, this show set in Vega, which is the old Las Vegas. And the only reason the humans are alive at all is because Michael the Archangel sided with them and has been protecting them against, uh, Gabriel and his hordes. So it's, uh, it's pretty dope, man. Uh, the special effects were great. They look like, they look just like, uh, I would imagine, uh, Archangel would look like if they ever put him in an X-Men movie. It was cool. Hmm. I, I have, uh, Indelible bias against sci-fi, though. Yeah, same here. No, I know, I know, but they, you know, they gave every now and then they give you something good. But right? I am, I as as Jason is talking about it, I am setting TiVo to record tonight's repeat. Nice. Yeah, I dug it. It's like it's an hour and hour and a half, limited commercials. Um, not a lot of actors that I was familiar with. The 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 uh, industrialist dad from Lost is in it. Um, I can't think of his name, but the, the white-haired fellow that was de- steeped in the whole lost uh, controversy but never was on the island until the end. Um, the one that was always looking for the island. Uh, he's in it. Um, but no, I liked it a lot, man. It was a cool premise. I, I thought it was it was neat. There were all these different types of angels based on what type of class of angel they were. And, and some some look like angels full-time. Some can look like humans. Some are bestial. Some can't take physical form, so they inhabit humans, and the humans are almost like demons as a result. It was cool. I grooved it. I grooved on it for sure. Well, it sounds good, but you can make anything sound good. Well, mayhap, but, you know, caveat emptor. I enjoyed it. That's true. And you don't have to fall from grace to get cheap comic books. It's very easy. All you got to do is uh, fire up your internet browser and go to dcbservice.com. Discount comic book service because you can reap fantastic discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles such as and this is the last time you're going to be able to take advantage of these particular deals because new ones will be up very soon. But you can get these uh, Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers from Dynamite. We've got Joe Casey writing it, Nathan Fox and a bunch of fine folk illustrating it. Cover price three ninety nine. Your price a dollar ninety nine cent. Dark Horse is going to give the uh, DHP. Dark Horse presents another uh, go-round in 2014. They're starting it over again. Price point much less than the last incarnation, which I believe was $7.99. This one, $4.99. But if you get it for 50% off, like you can at DCB Service, you can bring it home for $2.49. You got Jeff Darrow, Frank Miller, Aaron Conley. Uh, yeah, Sabretooth Swordman's going to be in this thing. He gets, so you have to. Um, Brendan McCarthy, Steve Parkhouse, who else? Damon Gentry, uh, Kabuki's in it. It's a bunch of stuff, and you got to get it. We love anthologies here at Eleven yeah, yes, Comics. Mm-hmm. And from Image, it's the Night World. I can't wait for this. What if Jack Kirby drew Night Mask and wrote Night Mask? That's what it looks like to me. It's from Adam McGovern 
and Paolo Leandri, who I was talking about, that Dr. Id psychologist of the supernatural which is awesome this is probably going to be more of the same awesomeness if the preview pages uh, are indicative of the entire book it's colorful it's gigantic it's kirby action it's just in your face and i love it and it's 3.99 but you know what you're going to get it for half that a dollar 99 cent it's only a four issue miniseries so order them all you will not be disappointed dcbservice.com don't mind late orders don't mind order editions get your books to you Beautiful condition and on time. What else do you want? And cheap. Man, people are silly if you don't use them. DCBService.com. Doing big things too. Got their really got their new got their new big new digs that they're finishing up. They'll be moving in. Straight. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you run into our uh, beautiful sponsors at the show? They were not in attendance. I think no. they were super busy handling the, uh, oh. the big move and renovations of the new site. So. Oh well. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. They, they wouldn't have to uncomfortably uh, distance themselves from you again. The show, huh? <laughs> Pardon? Say what? Now tell me. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking Diet Dr Pepper. Jason, did you imbibe a lot over the weekend? No, not really. No, not, David, not too much. No, he didn't. He was he behaved himself. How about you? Uh, well, I didn't get a chance to, to, to grab a bottle of, um, Riesling for tonight, so, uh, I am <laughs> sipping on some, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Chile. Uh, it's the, uh, Anacana. Anacarenina? Anna. Anacarenina. Yeah. Hamana, Hamana. It's a Russian thing. I am drinking Yingling. Look at you, you're starting a new thing. No, I figure my boys are back. Aww. I want to have some fun, Aww. drink some yingling. Yeah, and we have a, a special guest later on this in this true. episode. Oh, so it's not for us. It's for this. Of course, it's for you. All right, Actually, you know what? There's um uh the supermarket we tend to frequent the most finally started setting up a uh, make your own six pack. I love yeah, that. Yeah, and and uh, I I started to, but uh, then I realized um, that. Uh, it's not Bad too inexpensive, um, so I uh, I will have to wait uh, about a week until the next time we go there. But there are a few things there that I want to try. Was it about fifteen bucks? Uh, bucks? Eleven, eleven for a six pack. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad, but I, I didn't, pick all the magic hat number nine. There I did you go. not see any. Actually, I saw a little something. something. Wow. No, that's little something. something. That's right. That's right. Cool. This type of beer, yo. I didn't know that. Jason had it once twice. So I, I didn't know the bottle was that little. It's a little something, something. A little something, something. Is, mm. is the alcohol content high, though? Yes. Good. Because that's what we need. That is what we need. Mm-hmm. All right. Preliminaries are done. Spill it. Let's hear about it. All what, of it. What, what are you talking about? About that, that, that thing the you thing, went to past week. We weekend. did with the thing. Oh, that thing. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. It was, it's, oh, boy. I'm, I'm like exhausted thinking about it. It was epic, dude. I, I intentionally um, ignored all of your con posts. Smart. That was. I, did. Um, good I saw the one about Jason's in line to see Art Adams, and I said, "Okay, fuck it, I'm done." <laughs> uh, there, it, it was. Um, you know, I mean, it's. It really was a. Um, it it it's it's a con that you do have to visit at least once. Uh, if, if, if you're a comic book fan, if you're a fan of the medium, if you're a fan of creators, um, 
It is, we all think back, you know, we have, we do our con recaps and, and there's always something where we love talking about the time we spend at the convention, seeing people, seeing each other, seeing new creators. Um, but this one just scratched a, a different itch and it was, it, it was unlike, uh, any of the read shows. It was unlike C2E2, unlike New York Comic Con. Um, but why? There was, you know how, um, like, uh, Friday night at, uh, or Friday at, at C2E2 when, when, when the, the aisles are super wide, there's plenty of room. Mm-hmm. That was the entire fucking weekend. And it was crowded. Wow. And it was crowded and you still had plenty of room. You weren't crushing on anybody. It is, it is such a, um, I like that. It's, it's, it's a convention for the comic book fan. Is the best way yeah. to say it. Yeah, and I agree. And I think the other thing, because I was thinking about this as well, knowing that we were going to have to articulate it, I think the other thing about this show is that the entire vibe feels different because Shelton has created the show around the artists. And as a result, the creators all seem really relaxed. You know, they, they, it just feels comfortable to them. So nobody's stressed out. Nobody is worried that they're going to make their money. They know those, they're going to make their money. They know they're going to have good fans, but they know they're also not going to be overwhelmed. And it's, uh, it, it really felt more than any other show we've attended like a true convention in the sense of the word where, you know, let's say doctors go to an annual convention to hang out or, you know, or, or Shriners or whatever, where, where everyone there, whether it be uh, industry people or artists or, or publishers or, or fans, were all just hanging out together uh, with no agenda other than to just enjoy the medium and hang out. And the other thing, too, about it is that it's at the uh, convention center and directly across the street from the convention center is the Westin, where the vast majority of people that are attending the show, fans and creators alike, are staying. So... Literally every, every time you're on the elevator, every time you're, you're in a restaurant, every time you're, you're walking across the street, you're just surrounded by other Heroes Con people. And, and that's exacerbated by the fact that Charlotte is a banking city. So other than the people that were there for Heroes, the entirety of downtown Charlotte was effectively a ghost town. So you just knew that everyone you were seeing was there for the same reason as you. And it just puts you in a real nice mindset. Yes. Nice. Absolutely. Uh, there were, yeah, I mean, we, I know that, uh, Jason rode the elevator with, um, with some before I got there. Uh, but we also rode the elevator with, um, Bernard Chang where we, um, where, 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 uh, flowers on the arm bros, basically. Jason mentioned his, his tattoos on, on this forearm, which is, which are roses. And, uh, he commented on mine as he left the elevator. But yeah, we see everybody um, at the at the con. I mean, and and it's just it's it's the same um, how they act across the table from you. Like when we see, you know, when 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 you see Daniel Govar behind his table and he's and he's 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 hustling and he's doing his thing and 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 that's dude that that Galactus he did it's oh. insane. 
Oh my god. So he's sitting there yeah. and he's doing his thing, but that's the same dude who as you're crossing the street to go back and forth from the hotel and you see him, you know, carrying all his crap with him back to the room. It's like that's just the same, you know, nobody is they are it's just real personable. It, it it's just friendly and inviting and and you can't uh you just you I had a headache for quite a bit on uh Saturday afternoon into the evening and um and I still was in a great flipping mood. And you've and you've been around me at, at cons where I can get in a funk. There's none that this didn't exist here this time this weekend. There was zero so zero funk. David and I were we, we had a, it literally was a great time from start really, to finish. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the I mean, I got there, I guess, uh, a few hours. I mean, David drove in from his dad, so, uh, he got there in the midst of the, of the Thursday night, uh, bar hanging out, but I got there pretty early. I think I was checked in and, and hanging out by, say, 5.30 in the afternoon. And Thursday was pretty quiet. I, I, I think people were just arriving over the course of that night, so there weren't a ton of people there, but, uh, the, the Western lobby is just this, there's a big open bar lounge that, that basically served as the main social hangout place. And I just walked over the, uh, the world cup was on, hadn't eaten. So I sat down at the bar, was watching world cup, ordered some food and I saw some people sitting around. Uh, there was a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of creators like, uh, Jason Latour and Mateo Scalera and, uh, Sean Crystal and Esad Ribic and, and those, a bunch of those guys, Kari Randolph, and they were just hanging, chilling out, whatever, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to bother them or whatever, um, you know, cause they were kind of hanging out in a little circle, or whatever, so, and, and it was awesome because, uh, next thing I know, uh, Latour's tapping me on the shoulder and comes up and says hi and we chat for a while and then a little bit later Mateo comes up and gives me a bro hug and it was just great, man. It put me at such ease within minutes because even though I know those dudes and I knew they would recognize me and stuff again, you know, I also realized that they speak to and interact with fans. How many hundreds a show, right? So you're just not quite sure if they're going to, you know, they might recognize the face, but not remember who you were, that there's a connection there. So it was great to have them approach me and be cool and chat with me. Cause it just made me feel like, all right, yeah, this is my scene. This is, you know, I, I belong here. It was great. So, but just set me off in a perfect mood to start the whole trip. Sounds cool. It was. It was. The, um, when I did get there, um, brought my crap up to the room, came back downstairs. Jason met me in the lobby, um, where he was hanging out with the O'Briens. Finally met John and Timothy and, uh, Aww, I'm envious. who are super cool dudes. I mean, they're just so laid back, mellow. They were always smiling nonstop. Oh, for sure. Um, they were our bros this week, man. They hung they out definitely, with abs- even, at, even, even, even at the auction, it was awesome. And, and John's girlfriend, um, Jerry McDade was at the table when I came down <laughs> there. Really and, and then, uh, and, and Mr. Kevin Mellon, uh, spent, nice. yeah, we, I talked with him for a little bit. He was telling us about, uh, about Archer, what we can expect in the next season, how he met some of the, uh, how he finally met the main, um, the main voice actors. And then, uh, Dave Wachter. He came up and, and, uh, said hi to me and, and he was, um, he was, he, you know what, he, um, he probably, I'm glad he was there this weekend, but he probably shouldn't have been because he has 
stuff to pink do. Eye? No, he doesn't have pink eye. Uh, but he's got <laughs> some Godzilla to kick out. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so he needs to, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna put him on blast or anything, but, uh, it was, it was absolutely great seeing him and, uh, and he was telling us about, um, what, uh, what that entails as far as, uh, all the work he has to do, how much time he has to do it, uh, how. Well, sure, because Toho has to approve it. Exactly. And, no, and they don't. No, maybe they don't. No, no, they do. And, and what they do, and, and they try, it's almost like they try to find something wrong with each page. They don't care about the people. But oh, the man. monsters, they're always keen on. And, and, uh, and, and even if it, but it's like if, if Dave drew it, you know, the, the, the same way from one page to the next. I know why. It, because, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting okay. you. I, I, I've, I've been looking at his covers with, with great, uh, admiration. And I almost hate to admit that because it's Dave. Hmm. But, but I mean, he, it, he's amazing. And those, those cataclysm covers are just fantastic. But, Biolante appears in it, and that's a Toho property. So that's probably one of the main reasons why he has to get that shit approved. Because I think it's the it's the American Godzilla in Cataclysm. I it's, it's the movie incarnation. I think, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know where that falls. Like if if Toho still owns a chunk of it based on the name, and who knows? But yeah, Biolante is completely Toho. Yeah, so yeah. So there's uh there's some. Some stuff he has to deal with there. Um, he's so good. He, it, it's and he was he was busy. I mean, all weekend he uh, he had he had sketches to do in books and and he was uh, he had stuff to sell and he was always oh, also telling us about the um, the Kickstarter and uh, how things are progressing with that as far as getting the book out and and uh, stretch goals and things like that. So he is he's. He does not have enough hours in a day. I think he mm. is pretty much at this point. Um, he doesn't work out anymore. He probably only um, his nutrients are probably in liquid form because it just it's it's less time to chew. And uh, yeah, he just he is he's burning it at both ends basically. That's a good, uh, but it good, is. Good I love yes, I love seeing him busy. I love seeing him working. Um, so that that was that was fantastic. Um, Hardcover looks great. The Shadow Valley hardcover oh, yeah. looks. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, um, yeah. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, and then, then before we we closed out the uh, the bar Thursday night. We did, and we you forgot to mention we we kind of had two 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 uh, rounds of hanging. We uh, we also hung out with uh, Scotty. Yep. Hence the yep. joke of the Riesling because yes. Scotty was drinking Riesling all night, which was. Uh, He's, he's a big man. It's 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 not often you see a giant man uh, drinking Riesling all night, but yeah. he was loving it. And we uh, we hung out with a cool crew with Scotty. We hung out with uh, Robbie Rodriguez, who uh, <laughs> which was, <laughs> it was baffling because oh, this is awesome. Robbie's like, "Hey, yeah, I remember you, Jason. Good to see you." And then he goes, "I owe you a commission." And I'm thinking, "Nah, it's not true." And I'm like, "I don't know about that." And he goes, "No, no, don't I owe you a Domino commission?" So then I knew there had to be something to it, right? Because who else asked for Domino? So, dude, it turns out that apparently I commissioned him at Windy City for a Domino. Wow. And he remembers that he owes it to me, but he hasn't done it. It was six years ago. <laughs> six years, dude. Hey, some people just don't forget. That's I, a good thing. So I, I, I said, sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. But um, Jeff Stokely was was hanging out, uh, yep. my, our, our boy from Six Gun Gorilla. 
Um, Scotty's good friend, uh, George, I believe it's Haig is his last name, but, uh, he, he is a crazy sick art collector. He, um, he, he is also, uh, in a band that played at the drink and draw at the show on Friday night, but, but his art collection is absolutely astonishing. Um, and, uh, who else was there? Drew was there, right? Yeah. Who, who, uh, who Scotty introduced us to for the umpteenth time. I think he introduced Drew to us five times in an hour period. <laughs> and Drew kept being like, dude, we, we've met we, him. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but Drew, Drew helped Scotty, uh, handle his, his table usually, like, uh, at, at, at big cons or whatever. I'm pretty um, sure you saw him last year, Vince. He's got the beard, black, black hair. You yeah, know, you, you definitely seen. have, cause we had met him before mm-hmm. too, so yeah. you would have been with us. Um, but no, that was a blast. So we had kind of two full hangout sessions over that night. And like David yeah. said, we were, we were out at the bar till, gosh, 2.30 in the morning. Uh, so we, yeah. Yeah, we closed it out, so. Um, and yet somehow managed to wake up with smiles on her face for the, uh, for the early going on Friday. In separate beds, people. Let's not get it twisted. Well, no, at where's least. The, where's the fun of that? At least, at least to start. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we, yeah. That's how the day started. The, uh, um, we, uh, we, uh, we pretty much hit the ground running. We, uh, we, we went downstairs for breakfast at the buffet and, uh, and, and, it's not, um, it's the Western, so it's not like it's, it's comfort in or anything like that where, you know, everything, it's the continental breakfast where you, you know, it's, it's included in the room and shit. Um, but it was still pretty sweet spread. Um, and the, we saw a few people down there. We saw, um, I mean, the night before Thursday night when, um, Chris Campbell and his posse showed up, it was, it was Chris and Daryl and Hassan and, and Tom King. So we, uh, we saw them again in the morning. Um, we uh we were picking a few people out at in in the restaurant and um did uh oh Tom Fowler was uh reading some Elmore Leonard at the table. Um <laughs> Are you kidding no, me? Yeah, not. No, he was I mean not out loud. He wasn't doing a, a book reading. He oh, was, I no, thought he was like no. he was reciting. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, yeah, no, dude. No, he was just, uh, he was, he was enjoying his breakfast and, uh, and, and reading at the same time. And then, uh, we moseyed across the street and, uh, it was, um, yeah, I mean, the line was massive. Uh, but it's, it's a tight ship. You know, they have it run right. It's not like there's the one entrance. So it's not like, um, and, and you're not attacking the, uh, the, uh, the ushers, you, you're not attacking them, you know, at, from different angles. It's like they, 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 they have turnstiles set up and it's just, it's smooth. I mean, Heroes has obviously been doing it for years and, uh, and, and they know how to run it and, and it, it showed. So, um, so we get in and that's, yeah, and, and that's where, uh, that's, luckily, um, with, with the first attempt that, for Jason's jam piece that that didn't set the the tone for the weekend you know I mean, lesser people probably would have just been like well the hell with it and that, that is just a bust and and just you know been in a funk the rest of the weekend because he couldn't get the one of the squares on on his jam piece by one of his all-time favorites um but that that didn't determine at all we um once it was the line for Art Adams was, and he wasn't even there yet, and and it was, uh, we were at least fifty people back. Oh boy! Um, yeah, it was cray, and we came to find out later on, again by another random elevator occurrence, that 
there was a dude in line at five in the morning somehow to wait for them. Yeah. So I have no idea how he got in. And apparently it was an issue because the next day yeah. they didn't open the floor early to even artists. They actually made artists get out from the floor and, and leave their tables because there was a security incident that apparently was related to something similar where people had snuck in and were camped out at our Adam's table uh, in the wow. morning again. So yeah. they had to, so somehow or another, there was some kind of craziness going on whereby uh, people were were doing anything they could to get our uh, table. But you know what? It was it was it was a minor thing, like David said. I I I, I we we were standing there, and I thought, you know what? Even if I were to somehow make my way up to this line and talk to him, and, and even have him do something, it would pretty much ruin the day for me because I, I I've never been one to enjoy waiting for hours in line for any specific person. So we bounced pretty quickly out of the line and yeah. uh, there's no question it was the right decision because I t- kept little tabs on, on, on how the line was progressing. And I think it would have taken at least four or five hours to get to the top front. Easily. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I wouldn't spend that kind of time for just anybody, but I think, I, I may do that for Art Adams. Well, here's the thing, though, and this is a bit of – so by Sunday, he had no line. Now, he, huh? wasn't, he wasn't drawing anymore because he, his, his list was long since filled. But if you just wanted to say hi, just wanted to chit-chat with him, get an intro, introduce yourself, there was no – you could have done it on Sunday. So, oh, again – So you got an intro? No. But oh. we could have. We could have. But you didn't. You could have if you didn't. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it is very, very wrong. Shit. <laughs> you never think about that kind of stuff. We, you know, we did have every intention of doing intro. We did. We absolutely did. We even, think, just you know, we told a couple us. people we're going to come back. I later. think the trick is when you're not there, we, we kept telling people we were going to do intros later in the weekend. We should have just done them as we were telling people rather than or go back. Real. Yeah. You taught me that. I know. I know. I think but, the person uh, I said it to. Was, was Mitch and, uh, and we, we, we more told people that, um, or to have them on. Oh, Mitch, Mitch, um, Jared's who's uh, doing Punisher. Oh, nice. The activity for image, um, or is doing the activity for image. The, um, the, yeah, it, the, the intros were it, probably also we, we've, we have a few C2E2s. And New York's under our belt, so we're kind of those are old hat, and and we know the ins and outs, and and it's we're comfortable there, and and we know what to do, what not to do. It's just that that those are it, it's old hat. Whereas this one was, I I need to get acclimated. I need to know what's going on. I don't want to. Um, I just I I. I no missteps. I want to make sure that, you know, everything is just that I know um, I'm prepared for next time, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we didn't – somehow or another, David and I managed not to eat the entire day on Friday. <laughs> yes. And so we were famished uh, by the time the show was wrapping up. So a bunch of people had been giving us recommendations, and everyone kept saying, all right, you got to go to Mertz, which is a soul food place a couple blocks down the way. It's a tradition. So – he and I left the show about a half hour before it was over because we heard Mertz get crowded, rolled over to Mertz, walked right in, got seated right away. We're immediately uh, 
Mr. Uh, Bonaval from the forums somehow recognized us and came up and said hi real quick as he was leaving. Sat down and had an awesome meal. It was so freaking good, dude. Yes. Best collard greens of my life. Had some catfish. Had some Carolina pork. It was off the chain. We were so full that we couldn't even eat the homemade desserts, which looked incredible. Yes. Uh, and as we were leaving Mertz, we walk out and the, the outside was jam-packed with people waiting to get in, including uh, Mr. Loika and his crew, uh, Scotty and Stegman and Fraction and Kelly Sue and a bunch of the other people were waiting to get in. And, and so we were we, – we just – it felt like we just had good luck and almost we, – we almost accidentally were making good decisions the whole weekend. Like we didn't really have any grand plan to, to go and beat the crowd. We just were hungry, and so we left when we left, and it just ended up working out that had we gone 20 minutes later, we would have had probably a 45-minute you know, hour wait. Yeah. So – uh, hooked that up and then we, uh, Saturday we, 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 we came back to, uh, to the room to relax a little bit and we both were full and tired and like we were both catching up on, on Twitter and Facebook and posting stuff. I was posting a lot of pictures of the art I got and that sort of thing and, and he was replying. We were making, we were laughing at each other and next thing I know, time's clicking off, time's clicking off, start getting texts from Campbell and Daryl and, Hassan and a bunch of people. Hey, you know what's going on at the bar? You we'll, come on down, and we just kept saying, "Yeah, we'll be down soon." And then it was like almost eleven, and I looked at David, and I'm like, "What do you think, dude?" And he's like, "I say we, we, we say we bail." I'm like, "Yeah, let's just bail." So we we just we stayed in that night, man, and it was a great decision because I think I slept nine hours, which is the most I've slept in decades. Yes. It was great. So we were old men on on Friday night. We didn't go out, we but just, we we. Uh, we... Like you said, it was it was a wise decision, and we more than made up for it Saturday night. And uh, and you know we um, also um, Cliff the Mock and his friend Justin, who yeah, Cliff is um, he he reminds me Vince of a taller version of Papercut, where he's not the person you'd expect to see from someone who who uh, who frequents forum communities online. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the dude is, is tall, fit, um, really good looking and knows his, as was uh, his buddy Justin. Uh, yes, just, yes. Yeah, Two good looking southern boys, skinny in shape, made us look shameful. It was shameful. <laughs> I don't, I am, I am, I am so happy. I need to say, um, and I meant to post this on, on Twitter earlier, but, um, I guess Jason did not look down once all weekend because there were mad flip flops all over the place. And you know, I didn't notice. I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm glad you're just telling me this now because I would have been repulsed. It would have been <laughs> a bunch of grown ass men wearing sandals and flip flops, which is. But, um, yeah. but see, that's the other thing. I don't even know if that's comfortable con attire. But I'm not getting into that. The uh, and even he was telling us about merch. You know, Loika, Pat Loika saw him, and he was telling us about merch. Everybody was telling us about merch. That's when we were in Friday night, um, and and uh, just all weekend we saw people. From the form, I met uh, I met Stewart Stewart McWilliam on on uh, 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 on Friday. Wet rats, baby. Yeah. Wet rats, yeah. I haven't seen him in a long time. No, nope, yeah, no. Nope. I have a feeling he'll uh, he'll be popping back up um, on the forum. But uh, <laughs> met um, <laughs> met met him finally. Um, He's a good man. He, is, he he really is. He really is. And and just just what you'd expect, um, how you expect him to be. Um, when you see him and the, uh, and, and, and the way he is online, he did that. That's who he is. Um, in, 
in real life, you know, so he's not hiding behind an internet screen name and, 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 uh, so it, it's refreshing that how many people we did see, um, from the forum, from our Facebook group page who, uh, they, they just, that's who they are. No one is, uh, no, no one's a badass online and, and it was just, it, which was something else that made it refreshing, which is not exactly the kind of, um, crowd or interaction you would sometimes get from the other cons that aren't, um, so friendly or, or, or comic book centric. Um, but Saturday, uh, woke up again. Uh, we walked two blocks over. Yeah, woke up again, two blocks <laughs> over and, uh, and went to Starbucks Saturday morning for breakfast. I'm stunned. What the hell are you doing at a Starbucks? Right. Well, I'm introducing, I'm introducing Jason to lemon iced cake. It's not, it's not even near the change. Oh, it was so good, dude. It was like a little piece of heaven. Fucking lemon. Oh, God. It was so good. It really was. So, uh, so we, so, so much to the, to the barista's, uh, um, chagrin, we only went there in the morning. We, we did not make it back there before they closed. That would be an awesome name for a band. What? Barista's barista chagrin. chagrin. Yeah. It would be. That would be a hipster's favorite band ever. <laughs> Bring back Young Lives. On vinyl. So the, uh, so we made it into the show and, um, and we, uh, we, you know, again, I mean, it was, it was almost like the same thing. Jason had his game plan. We, uh, we, we, we made sure to say hi to, um, Jeremy Hahn, uh, Francesco Francavilla. Uh, um, we, I would, I would have mobbed him. And I'd be all for You would have been, yeah, I mean, he, it's not like he had a lot of people. Um, but there weren't lines. So, I mean, we did, we were talking about Archie and, uh, and, and when, cause Jason, we were talking to him Saturday and he said to come back Sunday morning, um, so he could work on, on the jam piece. So, uh, while we were talking to him on Saturday, Alex Segura from Archie, uh, came by, they were talking about, uh, New York Times bestsellers lists and things like that. Uh, and, um, Asked him about the process about between him and um Roberto with Afterlife with Archie. Uh we um the only actually I think I no, I I think I bought my art on, on Friday. Wait, 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 wait. Tell me tell me that Francesco did not have afterlife pages. No, he didn't. I don't think he had any pages. Oh. No, no pages. Yeah, oh, okay. prints, yeah, but no pages. But Francesco was a super cool dude. He, uh, he, he, as I told you, Vince, he, he was a li- he listens to the show occasionally, which, which was, oh, yeah. was awesome. And, uh, but real nice guy. He, uh, you know, we were talking to him how, how our, our familiarity with him goes all the way back to Black Coat. Yeah. Yeah. Day by Ape, which he got a kick out of. We talked for a while about Dylan Dog and Italian comics and, uh, translation. How the charm of Dylan Dog was lost in the U.S. translation because they had to, they had to auto, uh, Photoshop out. Uh, his, his mustache so he wouldn't look like Groucho Marx and that the whole point is that he's Groucho Marx and, um, but, uh, nah, he was a real cool cat, man. He was, he was, he was real, real cool. Um, uh, definitely, you know, way, way more chill than, than I might have expected. I don't know. He was, he just was, uh, a, a real cool cat. The, the most interesting creator encounter though was we were over at the essential sequential cruise table. And I was chatting up, uh, Dan, Dan Panosian was, was doing a piece for me at the time. So we were sitting chatting with him and up walks this older, really in shape gentleman, yeah. like skinny guy. And clearly he's a big, he's, he's a big to do because 
he he walks up to to us and and, and to talk to Finogian and, and Jason Schachter, the owner of Essential, and he's got with him a sketchbook. And he puts the sketchbook down and he says, I'm going to show you guys what I did here. Open up the sketchbook. It's it's a Deja Thoris theme sketchbook. And there's pieces in there from Adam Hughes and who else was in there, David? Brian Stelfreeze. Yeah, big big time, huge, mega expensive A-list. Who know how to draw the women's. Yes, with the women's. And he's flipping through to he gets to his and he opens it up and it's a it's on two pages of the sketchbook, fully painted watercolor of Deja Thoris in in this field of of, of flowers. So let me guess. Go ahead. Dan Brereton. Good guess. I don't know if he was in. Oh, oh, he, who the guy was, okay. But no. Um oh. So then he's talking about how he's had the book for a while and so forth, so on. And as he's telling us the story, he puts his arm around Dap like they're long lost buddies. Like he's got his arm around his shoulder like they're like they're bros. And I'm thinking, what's this? So I'm watching and everything's going on and we have this little anecdote and then he starts to are laughing and talking. Jason says to the guy, yeah, you know, I, I really need to talk to you about getting a commission. I've been looking to get one. Sure. And whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, talking about the process that he used, so forth, so on. He tells us that he had this guy's sketchbook for three years. Three years. Three years. <laughs> so I was like, I make a joke. I'm like, man, that is one patient, you know, patient guy. I wouldn't be so patient. And the creator in questions laughs. He says, oh, you know, yeah, you know, he was real patient, but I promised him to be worth it, so forth. Well, after all, all, all that happens and he walks away, I, I never think to, to ask who, who it was until later. And, and I guess David assumed I knew who it was because uh-huh. when I tell you who it was, you'll be like, how did you not know who that was? So later on that night, we're hanging out. I'm like, dude, who was that guy that put his arm around you? And he's like, for real, bro? You don't know? It was freaking Sinkevich. Oh, Jesus. Sinkevich. Are you, dude. No. are you kidding no, me? No. See, Kevin's pro hug David randomly, like, <laughs> like they were buddies. It was baffling. <laughs> it was baffling. And, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, so lo and behold. For real? Yeah. Absolutely, man. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. We, of course, met the ad house crew for the first time. Yes. Chris, Chris Pitzer is, is a, is a, is a handsome and devil. Hella man. cool. Oh my God. Very cool. I mean, I don't know if he smokes the bubonic, but. <laughs> He is way relaxed. Come on. He's way relaxed. I mean, the dude is (laughs) smiling all weekend long. Picked up my Street Angel hardcover and slipcase. You know, we chatted for a long time with him a couple times over the weekend. Didn't really get to throw back any beverages with him, which is a bummer. That was definitely in the plans, but we just, our, our, our our signals kept getting crossed. Uh, and then, you know, at his area were, of course, our longtime internet friends, but finally face to face friends. Uh, Mr. Jim Rugg and Mr. Tom Scholey. Uh, Jim is just obscenely organized to put together. Like his, his portfolio, everything in his portfolio is so thought out on every level. Like he, he, he had these pieces that looked like they were loose leaf with ballpoint drawings on them, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. They were actual pieces of Bristol that he cut to size. And then manually hole punched and cut the pieces out to look like loose leaf. And then he drew the lines to look like loose leaf. Wow. Unreal, dude. Unreal. Yeah. Every, he's got such an eye for graphic composition. Uh, again, super, super nice. We, we, similarly, we didn't really have a chance to, 
to socialize or, or, or throw some back with any of those guys, but we, we, we definitely spent a lot of time at the tables talking to them. Now, was uh, Gregory Benton there? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Box Brown was there, though, and we chatted him <gasps> on Andre the Giant. Damn. There is a second printing for Andre the Giant, and the second printing has a nice little tag at the bottom saying that it's a New York Times bestseller. Yes. Yeah. I, I think second is going to be probably uh, the uh, low number of prints. On that. I bet you it's going to go to at least five or six. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then of course, uh, we, we, we hung out a ton with, with, with Tom, who had just a massive amount of stuff set up at his table. Godland, hardcovers oh, yeah. at the Wazoo. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, it was great. It was really great to see those guys finally, uh, especially because I still associate with all those guys with, with Ed House. The only downside of, of that, of that crew was that, um, Tom and Jim drove down from Pittsburgh together. They were supposed to have a third in their car. Who bailed on them? The third, as it turns out, was Mr. Ed Pisker, who I was oh. very much looking forward to meeting. Uh, to talk yeah, talk about in demand. Yeah, he was actually in Paris at another show, so I guess I can't blame. I him. saw that. Yeah. Um, Did you order the slipcase? The uh, Hip Hop Family Tree One and Two slipcase with the yes, uh, the, with, yes, uh, exactly with with volume. Me too. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, man, uh, we we had a nice chat with Jeff Darrow. I uh, I'm a proud yeah. owner of a Jeff Darrow piece now. So uh, I know Vince is upset with that, uh, but uh, it's awesome. I just I'm, I'm choosing to ignore yeah, it because I saw it. What I saw what it. I love about that though is is the cat's collar and the tag, yeah, t- which we were talking about earlier that day. Or Friday. Now, talking about a Friday. And and he's got an earring hanging from his ear that has a mouse at the end of the earring. Nice. And and Darrow signed it, which I just noticed today when I was scanning it in, to Jason, your fan, Jeff Darrow. That's awesome. nice. So, uh, now, um, did he have that um, portfolio that he had when we saw him last time? Yeah, yes, he did. Was was the Godzilla still in there? Yes, it was. I, are you shitting me? It's still in there? Maybe I'll get it in October. What? Why is it still in there? Because there, it's it's the fates waiting for you to buy it. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna make him get, sell it to me for what he originally offered it to me too. If I if I if it's still there. There you go. Man. I don't remember what he offered it to you for, but three. Oh, oh well, that's probably what he'd be charging. Yeah. Um, after we left Jeff, we made our way over to. Um, finally, we're able to talk to Pat Broderick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been. You know, I, I saw him. I saw that he was going to be there. Wanted to release, shake his hand, thank him for everything over the years. Um, sitting next to him was John Beatty. And while Jason was getting a square on his Guardians of the Galaxy jam piece done by Pat, um, I was telling John that uh, I know that um, because of the character that a lot of people. Love Batman, I says, but when it comes to your work, I'm more partial to the Mike Zek stuff because I'm not really keen on the Kelly Jones Batman. So, uh, we, uh, we talked about that for a little bit and I don't know if they're sharing a room or came up together. I do believe they're both in Florida, but, uh, but it was nice to see that, you know, those two, um, well, call them old timers, just, Sit next to each other, and they were busy too. John, John had a few people coming up to him while while we were at Pat's table, and Pat was mm-hmm. always busy. Um, Did you tell him you didn't like the ears? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, bro. Without a doubt. I even said it to, um, there was someone else I said it to, um, over the weekend. I completely, yeah, I'm blanking right now, but no, I, I mentioned, oh, Jeremy Hahn, I believe I mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of the, the long ears. So, um, and, uh, and, and we have a great idea for who, uh, for, for Jeremy Hahn's next project, but, uh, around the corner from Pat was Mr. Bob McLeod, who we got to see him again. Yay. And, uh, and across from Pat, almost, Cross sort of diagonally was Mr. Steve Mannion. Um, Love him. Oh, he is awesome. My and, neighbor, dude. And uh, yeah, and uh, and Jason had uh, the the bomb trade for him to sign, and uh, he was and giddy about. He was uh, had the Domino Commission that he hooked up for me. Yeah, I, it's beautiful. It is, it is. And then yeah. he uh, he did a copycat on on my Weapon X jam piece, and the cool thing was. Because, you know, Copycat is a really hot chick with blue skin and white hair. So when you draw her black and white, it's hard to make her look all that distinctive. So I had the forethought to bring my own set of Copics to the show. So I said to Steve, hey, man, I got some Copics. He goes, you brought your own Copics? Pull them out. Had a perfect color of light blue. He was all super giddy. He was giddy about the comics. He was. I mean, he, he was, really was. It was as if he wasn't familiar with comics, which I'm, I find it hard to believe because he's Steve Mannion. But he loved the comics and then just put just a little bit of shading of blue in spots to make her look like she had blue skin. And he was so giddy to have been able to do that. He was like, man, I got to look. He asked me where I got them, where I can find them, how much they cost. So I think I may have totally reinvented Mannion's illustration style. And, and you also got more work out of him than you initially paid for. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. He he had actually said he had actually said that uh, when when I agreed for him to do it that that he that he was going to put some gray tone or some color in it. But I guess he he either didn't have the time by the time I got back there or didn't have the colors that he wanted to use. So uh, and he tried to steal his reference. Um, it's true. Try to come up on loop. After that. Uh, there was one person I definitely had to say hello to because uh, we are friends on Instagram where we, we, we tend to like each other's cat pics. Uh, and, uh, mm. and, <laughs> and hey, man, it's true. It's it's crazy. But it's <laughs> because she knew exactly who I was when I said who I was and I had to uh, introduce myself to Miss Stephanie Bushima. Oh, I love her. She is awesome. Yes. Man, I, yes. And I'm, I think I'm pretty sure that was her husband and her daughter, right? Uh, Rob is her, I believe, husband. I don't think that's her daughter. Okay. See, I was just going to say she's real easy on the eyes, but. Oh, Steph. Is well, her. I said it anyway. Yeah. No, right? no, she is. And, and she had, uh, she had some of her work out there. She was telling us about, um, the, uh, the Red Sony and the Vampirella cover work and how, um, Gail had, um, I guess when when uh, Dynamite was like, well, who do you want to do variant covers? It was like Stephanie was the first name that come to Gail's that came to Gail's mind, and and yeah, I think Stephanie just thought at first it may have just been like one cover, but then it just uh, kept going on and on and on, and and she's happy about it. But I mean, we yeah, we she sure she sure classes up that joint. Let me tell you. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I just, I love that style. I, I just think, you know, she, uh, it, no matter what she's doing, whether it's those covers or, um, the stuff she did in Strange Tales and, and a few other things, it's just, um, I'm a fan. So it was nice to actually, um, meet her finally. And, uh, the, on the other side of the aisle, there was, um, 
we were we saw that uh Joe Quinones had a table and uh Jason remembering that he did the uh OGN for in your travels, I figured he might make a decent addition to uh to say the least to, to uh to the jam pieces. Um but Joe was really concentrating on his piece for the auction for Saturday night. When when he was at his table, um that's what I saw him working on. So while um while Jason's at that table, I was looking at the table next to Joe's um by uh and the artist sitting there, a uh, young lady by the name of Maris Wicks, who the name sounded familiar, but the art style is is what I was drawn to. And as I'm flipping through her portfolio, it's because she did the awesome two-page chapter from All New X-Men 25 with Kitty and Peter over the years. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and someone bought one page from the story. She only had the other page in her portfolio. But she also has a print for a really kick-ass poster um, or print. Um of Yoga Hulk, where it's Incredible Hulk going through a bunch of yoga poses. I saw yeah, that, yeah. And the punchline at the end, the very last square, very last panel, is uh, is Bruce Banner, all calm, pants all dragging, all embarrassed. Uh, so in her portfolio, she had the pieces that she had drawn for the print, and I ended up buying the uh, the punchline panel. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, you did. Her art is, I, I really like it. And Jason bought one of her books. Uh, and, and Jason became a fan because apparently not the next book, the book after, uh, will be about ocean life. Love it. And, uh, so, well, she, you know. She, her, her day job is working. She, she studies, inver- she works with invertebrates at the uh, Boston Aquarium. Yes. So she's, uh, she's I work with a bunch of invertebrates too. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, did you guys see Rachel Deering? You know, we we did see her, but we didn't have a chance to talk to her. Um, she was uh-huh. there, yes. Um, you know who else was there? And I meant to talk to her to say hello and pick up my Kickstarter because of uh, I uh, yeah. her, her. Mark Mark Lavin was there too, right? Wasn't no. he? No, no. Oh, he was. Uh, Atomic Elbow was there. <gasps> Damn! Mm-hmm. Did you buy any? I, I hope didn't, I didn't get a chance to get back to that back Laura. I, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to. I thought about it as I was driving back to Dad's Sunday night. I was like, motherfucker, because you would be in love. I will. Um, while I was. Um, well, I was waiting. I was dropping off my two Celestial Godland editions to Tom so he could mark them up how he saw fit. Uh, and the person in front of us was Chris Sims. And he mentioned that Atomic Elbow where the dude was sitting. So I, we didn't, I don't know, I think we were running around doing something else at that point because I just wanted to drop the books off so, so we could take care of something else so we didn't get back to that uh to that back row but we did see tom kelly right um <laughs> uh but oh the highlight for me for one of the many um all weekend was uh stopping by mr ryan brown's table whenever i could and having jason's portfolio critiqued <laughs> yes <laughs> that was just that I mean, it was, it was one of the, it, it's one of those things where you, you had to have been there, but it was, and it's, it's, it was so Ryan. It was just, it, it, I, there aren't too many people. Well, I, not going to speak for Jason, but there aren't too many people where if I had my original art in nearby and, and had, had an artist go through it where they could kind of talk about the stuff on the page 
and and not be I Ryan saying it to me wouldn't probably tick me off like it would maybe other artists. And uh and, and I absolutely get where Ryan's coming from and he and, and he and I um he mentioned a couple of things and, and, and it was funny because I'm we he, he brought up tangents and and how I noticed mm-hmm. these things and, and I'm sure you would too, Vincent and Jason's like I, I never saw that before. And he's pointing them out and it's like it's it it's like Jason's like stop man, you're just like I'm enjoying these comics. Don't 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 tell me like he didn't want to know how the sausage was made at that point, but it was it was still a um seeing Ryan and and Ryan pretty much I could never walk up to Ryan's table and just walk up to him. He I always had to wait behind at least one person. He always had someone at his table. Good for him. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. Um we just got a knock at the door. We did. Oh yeah. Yeah. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, real well, real well. Oh, you sound great. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing real good. It, doing the the sort of uh, recording that Marvin Gaye would do to get an <laughs> easy uh, delivery. You just sort of lay back. Uh, <laughs> Speak for the diaphragm. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to pretend um, that we haven't talked right now, and we're going to introduce you. Okay. Cool. And then we'll just we'll just take it from there. Great. Okay. What in the earth? Air dropped into the studio. That is true. Straight oh, from the halls of Pittsburgh. Oh my god. One of our favorite people that we had the chance to finally meet face to face at Heroes Con. We finally met face to face. Oh, you had met him before? Vince and I met him in C2E2. My bad, my bad. That I had the pleasure of meeting face to face for the first time. The creative force behind the soon to be released G.I. Joe Transformers by IDW. Our good friend, Mr. Tom Scholey. Woot! Hey! Hey, thanks, What's up, guys. Tom? How's it going? How you doing, buddy? All right. It's been a while. Yeah. Finally. You're finally in the house with us. Yeah, I've been wanting to do it for a while. It was, just, there was just too much personnel. Uh, your, your episodes without like an extra, like fifth beetle, uh, you know, were never, never quite as good as, as, as the, you know, Fab Four. So. You know, once the spot opened up, I thought, I thought, oh yeah, now now would be a good time. You know, you could be one of the Fab Four if you wanted to be. It's it, Tom mentioned how you know we were like, I guess with the four of us, it was like the Beatles. Now that there's three of us, we're Hanson, and I guess four <laughs> it ends up being two of us. It'll be Winger. <laughs> oh no, no. Oh, I'm not, not doing no Winger. <laughs> nearly. No, sorry. So Thomas, we uh, David and Jason recounted all their experiences at almost. the con. Yeah. Um, almost. We're not even on Saturday night yet at the diner. I haven't yeah, we mentioned to, how. We, yeah, we got to talk about the I diner. Met, I, dude, I finally and Renee is giddy because I think she's gonna crop. She's either gonna crop me out of the photo or she's just <laughs> gonna take my face off it and put Braxton's in it twice because I finally met Braxton. Um, Swain was there because he and Braxton drove up together. Yes, yeah, Swizz and Braxton. We, um, uh, Saturday after the show, David and I rolled up to the room, and and Swain and Braxton came up to the room, and we actually recorded about an hour, hour and a half of podcast, which I believe will be part of a upcoming sidebar, and Swain is going to share the audio with us if we want to carry it as a bonus episode on our feed. And we talked about art. And, and, uh, original art collecting and, and the types of art that we like. It was great. It was just a free form conversation where we had a couple cold beverages and 
we had really it was going to be a pre a pre show of the uh, leading into the famous or infamous, depending on who you ask, um, Heroes Con uh, annual art auction, which is not a charity auction in the purest sense, in that it's not for a charity per se, but the proceeds all go to uh, the the con itself, which allows Shelton to year in year out bring in so many awesome artists and guests and the like. Um, and so we recorded and then rolled down to the auction probably 20, 30 minutes into it. And as uh, the Cosmic Fates would have it, the very first item up for auction as we were walking in was none other than Jim Rugg's piece. Oh, that, that, thing, was a, that thing was a blockbuster. I, I, I wanted I, I don't it know so bad. I don't know if it's inappropriate to say how much it went for or not. Oh, no, no, no. It, it, yeah, it, it was, was a, a first, thousand bucks. Yeah, it was the first wow. night to break the four-digit barrier. Uh, and, uh, it was actually bought by a listener of the show, Mr. Don Mock. So yes. shout out to Don. Uh, really? yes, yes. Don, Don has, has a killer collection. Incredible art collection. Incredible. Uh, just, just stunning. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so the art auction was cool. It was, it was it, it, one of those things, learning experience. Um, David and I and Swain and the O'Briens and Braxton sat for the vast majority of the auction and it went for almost five hours. So I think to do it all over again, we would go in early, survey the scene, make mental note of of what pieces we liked and and roughly where they were in the pecking order, and then pop in periodically from the bar and just see and hang out when our stuff was coming up. Because because literally, I think I bid on five things out of a five hour auction, so there was a lot of wasted time there. Um, Although it was fun to see, it was I I think it would have been more fun to hang out with a bunch of people at the bar for most of the night and then just right. to make some bids. But, uh, bidding was, it was interesting. I, um, uh, I, I bid on a Steve Manning piece, which I lost out on. Uh, I was the second I, I bid and then someone else went above me and I, I didn't go higher and he got it. Um, I bid on an awesome Daniel Govar painting of toothless, the dragon, which I would have been buying and putting into my youngest son's room. Cause he loves that freaking character and I went pretty hard on that one because it was the drinks were flowing and then I knew the artist and it was for a good cause but I also lost out on that one by a bid I, I went to a certain price and the guy went right above me and I didn't go above that so um, the, the the biggest piece of the night in terms of monetary gains was uh, by our buddy Scotty Scotty had painted a gigantic Harry Potter and owl Harry's owl I forget his name but uh he did a gigantic painting of that uh, on Saturday at the show, and that was the the top vote, the top money getter. I think it it, it fetched three thousand dollars. Oh, uh, I, I bid strong on that one. I I actually bid up to fifteen hundred for it. Yeah. Shout out. So uh, wasn't meant to be, but it was cool to see our friend. Uh, a couple of our friends get some of the highest bids, so it was really neat to see. Um, but yeah, wow. a little bit of a weird vibe in the sense that. There were clearly a group of, of, of veteran art buyers there that, that have seemingly limitless resources and w- would have clearly paid any price to get the stuff that they wanted. Um, right. So unless I, I you're just, willing to just be total balls on the table, baller status, you, you're not going to get the very, very best pieces at this auction unless you absolutely are dying to have them. Um, but all that said, I did win two things. I got a... Uh, I'm not familiar with the artist, but his name is Jason Horn. He did a sweet watercolor of Finn and Jake as uh, Finn as Zelda. I'm sorry, Finn as Link from Zelda, holding up uh, Jake as the triangle. Uh, So that was cool. I got that for the boys. And then 
um, there was a June Brigman Power Pack page. And so oh, I that's saw, nice. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. So um, very, very cool stuff. But uh, nice. and, and so you yeah. would have, you would have thought our night was over because it was almost midnight at that point on Saturday. But uh, yet again, David and I it, were hungry because we hadn't really eaten, <laughs> and so we weren't too good about get, scheduling meal time. And all no. um, so in Charlotte, it's a banking town, so almost everything was closed. But we asked the concierge, and they said yes, there is a all night diner uh, about six blocks down, pointed us in the direction. So like like champs, we 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 bust out of the, we busted out of the hotel. We're all set to go get our eat on, and who is sitting? At the, in the middle of the, uh, the circular hotel driveway, just chilling out, uh, enjoying a cigar, but our crew, uh, Chris Haas, uh, not Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, Tom, and Daryl Hassan wasn't with them. So we rolled up to them, said, listen, you guys are coming with us to a diner. They started giving us some jibber jabber about how they had already eaten dinner and so we forth. Here and dudes, it. it's an all night diner. Come and hey, hang get a out. A cup of coffee, a milkshake or something. Exactly. <laughs> so the five of us rolled to this diner. We, we, we walked for a couple blocks. We passed a strip club. The next block had a giant 50s looking diner. We rolled up to it. Huge line to get in. And luckily there was a, a mater, there was a, a, a mater d working the door. But the, uh, the hilarity of it is the mater d was one of Charlotte's finest. I'm, I, a Charlotte police officer works the door at this diner. And, uh, and, and. Not like a, after hours or, 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 you know, in plain clothes, like security gig. It's no, no, just, right, this right. Was he, his was, shift. he was on duty. He was yep. on duty at this diner. Uh, he, he politely asked us how many, just like Mater D. We said five. He said, sure, hold on one minute. Walked up, told the hostess. And then, sure enough, we got sat. And this was the highlight of the weekend. <laughs> it was jam packed in there. There was a jukebox playing loud. Music, my, my type of music, not not your type is, but yeah. so, you know the, the R and B and the hip hop. It can't be perfect, but dude, it, it we're, we're hanging out, having fun, ordering our food. Everybody's dancing, everyone's singing. We had a really entertaining, vibrant waitress who was funny and flirting with us, and we had a, you know she was she was being silly, and all of a sudden, Jason Derulo's "Big Fat Butt" song comes on, which is a hit right now. It's uh, but the song is uh, "What Do You Do with a Girl with a Big Fat Butt?" Right, the song comes on. I kid you not, the entire waitstaff and chefs of this restaurant began twerking. Yeah. It was Turned into kind of ugly. Oh, I would have been very uncomfortable. Oh, it was so awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. We started filming it. They, and, and, and this song played three times in about a 20 minute span. Yeah. yeah. And every time it played, the entire waitstaff, you know how there's some like 50s designers where they'll occasionally like break in a song or, you yeah. know, well, this was like this, only instead they broke out into twerking. And it was phenomenal. Food was That's delicious. <laughs> we laughed our ever-loving asses off. I mean, we I was slamming the table, guffawing the entire time, tears streaming down my face. I have not laughed that hard in a long, long time. That was perfect. It yeah, was really, at, really... At a, at a, like a 50s diner, they would uh, you know come out and do like a song from Grease or something. Right. Yeah. 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 Not expecting no, twerking. Yeah, this is a big <laughs> set, but... I, you said Campbell was with you, right? Yes. Tom, I saw the Fortress Maximus you did oh, yeah. for Campbell. And I had to laugh because... Oh, as Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. The whole time I'm seeing you do it, I had no idea it was for Campbell. If, if you look oh. at the face, it actually kind of ended up looking uh, like like Campbell <laughs> in the face. I didn't intend that, but I realized, oh, I must have subconsciously been modeling it after him a little bit. He kind of has like the Fortress Maximus build. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's kind of square jaw. Yeah, yeah. But as you were you were posting images of all the commissions you were doing from the show, somebody replied like, "What do you have a box of toys with you?" Because like the detail on the things were were perfect, mm-hmm. and I was stunned. Everyone of the Transformers you were picking out was like very very accurate. How how do you manage that? Um, it was internet reference. I just you know brought my uh-huh. laptop with me, and I you know just sort of pull up pictures of of the various things. I try to. I try to um, get somewhere in between the world of like the toy itself, the cartoon, and then those like beautiful airbrushed paintings. I try, I try to just sort of combine the essence of all of those designs. I love to hear you talk about the essence of trans, a property like Transformers. That see, you're you're going into it full bore. Oh, totally. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're thinking about this. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm taking no prisoners on this one. <laughs> Well, um, and, and the crayon layer. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, where did you come up with that? Why did you, how did you stumble upon doing the crayon layer as, as your, your accent, like your grace? Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to do flat color, but flat color, just flat color always seems too flat. So I, I wanted to put a little bit of modeling into it. And so that's how I ended up doing it. That was just sort of a, like a solution that just sort of came about organically. And then the other, well, yeah. No, it's brilliant. It gives them a nice little texture. Yeah, and and you can sort of you know goose the shapes a little bit. You can you can sort of do a just like a, a little bit of modeling, but not not overpower it. And then sort of the other side benefit is like I've been doing web comics all this time, and and I love finishing a page or finishing a piece of art and just posting it immediately. You get that like immediate rush, that immediate feedback. But with this, I can't. I can't. You know, this isn't like I don't own this. So. Putting out like the crayon layer, little glimpses of the sketches. That's sort of a way to, you know, get something out there where you can kind of almost make out what's going on and, and right. you know, see the pieces. So, how was your con experience? It was really good. I mean, Heroes Con is, uh, you know, like one of the best shows I do, and it just keeps getting better every year. And um, I, uh, you know, uh, you know, so many friends that I meet there, and 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 every year I get to know. Uh, Get to know Shelton a little bit better. Get to know the staff a little better. The, the staff is great. Um, last year they brought me, Ed, Jim Rugg, and Jason Lex into their their vault, their uh, their bunker, their like secret uh, warehouse of comics, and uh, to, I guess to sort of like reenact like the video that we shot a couple years ago where we were doing the same thing at a, at a, a, a shop not not too far outside of Pittsburgh. And so now they kind of want to make it a, a tradition every year. So we did it again this year. Of, of course, Ed and, and Jason Lex weren't here. Ed was in Germany uh, uh, because Hip Hop Family Tree is, is the number one book there. And uh, also uh, WYSIWYG's out, too. Um, but um, like so so mainly it was, you know, Jim hang, hung out for a little bit. Uh, ben Marrow was with us. They hung out a little bit, but I was sort of the diehard. I was like, yeah, yeah, show me all the G.I. Joe boxes. I want to look at all the G.I. Joe comics. I want to, you know, so I ended up uh, buying some reader copies of some G.I. Joe comics and Transformer stuff. And I also worked on my last remaining commission that I, that I hadn't quite finished yet. Nice. Yeah. The, um, I mean, at some point, if, if we're going to, if we're going to talk comics, I, one of the things I got was, the final issue of G.I. Joe, which was like a holy grail kind of thing, you know, like, and it's not too often you happen upon one that's in like a condition, because it's, it's like, it's like a hundred dollar comic or something if, if, if it's, you know, if it's, if it's too nice. Yeah, well, the print run was really, yeah. really low by then. Have any of you guys read it? 
No. And I, yeah, they, I read it years ago. I, I I don't remember it, but yes, I did read it back then. Did you did you read it like around the time it came out? Close, yeah. or have you read it more? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the, it's it's uh, Snake Eyes writes a letter to or or um, the son of one of the Crimson Guards who 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 was uh, in Vietnam with with uh, with Snake Eyes. He writes to Snake Eyes asking him about like you know, do you think I should sign up for you know for the military? And Snake Eyes gives this like beautiful, like elo- you know, because he can, he can, he can't speak, but he can write very beautifully. This eloquent argument, sort of pro and con, and it was a phenomenal con. Like I couldn't, be- like, like I was, I was moved. It was, it was just, just tremendous. And yeah, Vince, like you said, because it's such a low print run, probably not too many people have read it. But it's, it's, it, it's maybe the best finale of of, of a comic, or uh, def- definitely a mainstream comic that that I that I've ever read. Wow! Now, who wrote that? Larry Hama. Was that Larry Hama? Okay. And you kind of get the impression that he sort of had that in his back pocket the whole time, you know, just in case. It was really, you know, just really heartfelt. Right. It's kind of like Hawkeye on the bus with the chicken. <laughs> right. You, you know, they had that plan for a long time. Yeah. I I gotta say I petered out of GI Joe pretty early on, but I know Jason endured, right? Oh, definitely. It's, yeah. It's which worth is revisiting. why, to be honest, the um, I don't know, Tom, if you've read the. I was pretty excited by the idea of Larry coming back and picking up where he left off. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I just I, I I couldn't go home again. I, uh, I I didn't I didn't find those issues that engaging, and I didn't stick with it. So um, you know, so I don't know if it, it got better. But but like the 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 idea of uh, of of him just continuing on in that continuity didn't didn't just didn't sit with me the way it did when i was younger so i don't, I don't know if you you tried any of those yeah, I, 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 I want to read them i'd like to check them out the, uh, the thing I, I mean i can't believe like i didn't know the gi joe comic very well i knew the cartoon when i was a kid i didn't know the comic very well until i started doing this project and it's i can't believe how personal it is like it's a really really personal heartfelt and and also you know goofy and fun uh, series like I like I really think it's this it's this lost classic like I mean fans of GI Joe get it but I don't think the larger comics community understands that this this is actually one of the great works like I would sort of put it on on a similar level as as like the uh, Claremont Burn X Men. There's good. Wow, I, I should go back and read this. Then. Yeah, give it. A, I mean, just start at the be- start it at issue one, and just keep going and going, and then you'll hit a point. Around maybe the '60s or '70s, where it gets kind of like ah, I don't know, but then you power through. It starts getting better again. It keeps having these like peaks and valleys towards the end, but the first 50 or so issues are are are, are just phenomenal. I I uh, I turned a couple friends on to. I I told uh, Ben Mara uh, about it, so we so we were talking about that at Heroes Con. You know, dude, GI Joe. Yeah, Vince was very jealous of the fact that we uh, that that. Well, I guess David didn't get the chance that I got to meet Ben. And uh, chat with him for a bit. So, so uh, but, I love him so much. We shouted you out, Vince. I, I do. Uh, he, he, really? He, yeah, he he listens to the show. He knows us. He, uh, we. I told him he were you were longing for some Ben Mara original artwork, and he said easily accomplished. So, Hell yeah! Yeah, his original uh, art is surprisingly uh, fussy and fu- like uh, when it's in print, it seems sort of rough edged and and. Uh, you know, soft focus, but there, if, when you see the originals, there's all these sort of precise little tapered ink lines. It, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting seeing that comparison. 
I really love the persona he's created for himself, like uh, in the backs of the, of the comics with the, the robe on and his hair's all slicked back. It looks like the Playboy from the 60s. and it, It's just a cool addition to some, you know, great art. Yeah, those things are hilarious. I, usually, like, when I get one of his comics, I read that first. I just crack <laughs> up and then read the actual comic. So you hang with a lot of pretty cool people. Yeah. I, I mean, yourself included. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, it's sort of one of, like, we we were kind of we were because like it was yeah me Jim and Ben uh, shared a room and, and then uh, me and Jim drove down uh, to Heroes together but we were kind of talking about that like like all our friends and stuff it's it's kind of amazing that we all sort of ended up becoming friends but it sort of makes sense because you know there's a bunch of different ways that you can make a comic and you know we're like we're all sort of making comics that are in a similar aesthetic and and like. Uh, intentional neighborhood so it kind of and so there's not too many people doing exactly that so it kind of makes sense that we would all you know eventually find each other uh eclectic group i love that yeah yeah there's uh, the the overlap is interesting like there there are definite overlaps of of we were actually on a panel together also uh the three of us with uh katie skelly who does um operation margarine and we were talking mm-hmm. about exactly that influence, you know, like like what, uh, you know, and, and talking about our influences and, and you know, uh, Kirby's definitely one that, that the three of us share. Uh, well, isn't that isn't that strange? So you're you're all considered, um, um, let's just say, independent uh, creators, but you all have that grounding in classic um, Silver Age Marvel. Yeah, like like Rug is big into that, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and. I assume Mara is too, because he knows a lot about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, you're going to tend to have influences that sort of match your age group. You know, maybe somebody a, a little uh, younger than us or somebody a little older would, wouldn't quite match. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's just you're at a certain age where you have access to, you know, boxes of, of, of cheap back issues that you can buy and you put together your eclectic collection of comics. And that almost becomes like the your, your toolbox for, for making comics. So, any uh, notable uh, events at the con, like like these guys were throwing around? Um, hmm. Did you get accosted by by rabid Transformers fans? No, no. I mean, uh, all all the Transformers fans I, I met were were uh, were super nice and 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 excited. I mean, by far the most commissions I did were of Transformers, and I think I think that Fortress Maximus had something to do with that because that was the first one. The first like big commission I did, and then everybody started seeing it and saying, "Oh, I want one of the," you know, like, and then they pick a different character. And then when uh, Chris finally picked it up, he held it up, uh, you know, almost like like a member of the De Medici family or something. Like he was like, he was so proud of this <laughs> of this uh, work that he commissioned, and and uh, you know, uh, you know, people gathered around, and and uh, you know, his friend Mike Myers snapped a picture. But then, sort of just you know, like it it it. it uh, I, I got a bunch of commissions after that too. So, so um, it, it, it is kind of that thing of like if you really throw yourself into something and make it as good as possible, it'll it'll sort of you know feed you know your 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 next work. Mm-hmm. Tom is uh, one of the two people who I I brought with me books to um, to have um, signed, molested, personalized, whatever you want to say. I brought. I brought the two editions of Guyland, as I mentioned, but I also brought the Tooth by, um, illustrated by Matt Kenton, written by, um, Cullen Bunn. 
and and Sean Lee and Cullen wasn't there, although Brian Hurt was. And what's interesting is that Brian Hurt was at his table right next to Matt Kent. So um, he uh, cut up my copy of the tooth and did what he had to do with that. But Jason also had him do his jam, another piece on his jam piece. And now um, and and he uh, Jason promised Matt that uh, he'll kick off his next uh jam piece but there was uh we spent a lot of time i think uh just chatting with him at his table the um did you say matt kent cut up your count your your yep what do you mean he cut yeah, it off thing when i'll show you there's there's i mean the the tooth has those those coupons and so what he did is he uh it's it's the coupon for um uh basically you know how to uh how to draw and and he signed it, but he pastes it. He took out his glue stick and he pasted the coupon to um it's uh become an artist today and, and it's uh it's towards the um the back of the book. Uh oh. and see I don't ha- I don't have the tooth. Okay. And it's I'm, so, I'm, so, now, so now I'm missing I'm missing the second to last panel on, on the uh the following page because now it's that's pasted into the book. But it and uh so yes. Do you know he was gonna do this? I did not know he was gonna cut <laughs> that. Which is fine. It's absolutely fine. And it's, uh, but I mean, and, and he, he drew in it and it's, it's got my name in it. So it's mine now. And, um, cause I know he also, I found out as, as Jason explained that, uh, that when you, um, when you give him a copy of, uh, red handed, he, uh, he burns it for real. Well, I don't want to say he burns it like some crazy coop who had a Kickstarter. I'm saying he, he, uh, <laughs> He would how, how would you explain it, Chase? He just he just burns the edges. Yeah, he just pulls out a lighter and just just burns the edges. You can. It's like performance art yeah. and it is and comic booking. That is it awesome. Is. Yeah, I love it. Really is. Oh my! And, and that is follow, so cool. To follow up on what David was saying, you know, that I had Matt was kind of to do a, a a drawing in my very first ever jam piece, the Alpha Flight one that's 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 been completed for some time, and I uh, so I it'd been a couple of years though, so I asked him to do one this time and. And he immediately was excited to, to, he, he asked if he could do Crystal on the Inhumans. Uh, I guess he's a fan of hers. And so I said, of course, sure. And then when we came back to pick it up, as David mentioned, he, uh, the reason he, he said what he said is because when I came to pick it up, it was this awesome, uh, Crystal fully colored. And most of the, uh, Inhumans jam piece is, is black and white. And he actually apologized for doing it in color, <laughs> which, which baffled me because I was like, why would you apologize for, for, doing a, you know adding color and he said oh you know just aesthetically i didn't know after the fact i looked at it and i realized that that there wasn't a lot of color in it i didn't know if that was by design sorry if it was and i explained to him no in fact it's not i mean i never ask for i never give people instructions when they when they do a jam piece for me i i said but what i have found is that for uh because I, oh, I have you know a bunch going now i do find that that when the first person starts a jam black and white the vast preponderance of artists do black and white and when they start by doing color they most of the people follow suit and so he, he was like oh well next time you do one you come to me first and i'll start it off and i'll hook it up with color so that's like, very smart yeah, it's sounds right sounds yeah. great for me i mean yeah. i'm not gonna say no to that right i mean no kidding sure so, uh, wow. uh also talking about uh, i'm sorry he was sitting sitting not too far from hmm? No, no, I was just going to say that, uh, he has, um, he has a, another creator owned book coming out that, uh, that actually he's working on with an artist that, that you might be interested in. 
Vince, but um, we could talk about news later. Um, but I want to hear what Jason had to say. That that's on the down low, or you can't I don't say. Think, it? I don't think it was announced, so I don't know. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, it's yeah, tough yeah. to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tough to say because usually, yeah. Um, but I was going to say that, uh, of course, we 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 as usual hung out with, and in fact, did have some drinks with uh, with with the awesome, the power couple of 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 Gabriel Hardman and Karina. Yes, uh, and sweet. A couple things about them. First of all, you know, I don't know if we mentioned this, Vince, but. Uh, or if you've noticed on on the Twitters and the Facebooks, but but Gabriel has been doing this thing for a while now where he has been sketching uh, yep. fans, right? Yeah, I saw now. David. Yep, David <laughs> sat in, got one. Uh, David looking very very handsome in that sketch. So so Gabriel clearly isn't playing for the uh, real. No, no, let's go. Well, the art, yeah, the artist is free to embellish. That's right. Yes, uh, Hassan sat in on one. Um, Cam again, Smalley. Cam Smalley sat in one. Uh, Don Mock, the guy, that, again, the listener and the, that has the art, awesome art. His daughter sat in on one. Um, but it was a lot of fun to see him do that. And as we were chit-chatting with him, I was, I was leafing through his, his, his portfolio and I was pretty much sure that I know everything he's ever done because, you know, I own some of his art and we, we were, we, you know, we definitely pay attention to Gabriel's career. And I came across these pages, um, for a book called Savage Hulk. And there was a, uh, a there was a whole scene of Doctor Strange fighting the Hulk, and I I was like on impulse. I said, "Ah, oh, this is awesome! I'll take one of these pages." So I bought the page early in the show. I think this was Friday, early Friday. And as people were looking through my portfolio, a couple of people were like, "Where's this page from?" I said, oh, "It's a Savage Hulk. It must be an issue or something." I, I never realized he did. And then someone said, well, "Wait a minute! No, no, no! That's that's the Savage Hulk that's coming out in a few months." Yeah, so not yet. First so, issue came out today. Okay. Yeah, so sure enough, this is a page from issue number five, um, of, of the series written and, uh, written by Gabe and Karina and drawn by Gabe. So. And Vince, because it's the Hulk and Doctor Strange, it takes place during Incredible Hulk 300. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I had to ask that and Gabe's like, yeah, that's what it's about. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm so there. I, I love seeing photographs of of both Karina and Gabe because she always looks so happy and, and relaxed. Like and, no, and he looks and he has the expression like I will take over the world. He's looking down. It's like, oh man, uh, Thomas. Yes. Well, what has been the strangest commission you've ever received? Request that is. Um, I mean, uh, last year it, it's also the best commission request I've ever received. Last year I was asked to draw. Uh, Galactus with my eyes closed. <laughs> so I, I, I went about that and, you know, you're just doing it by feel, by where you think things are. And then when I was finished and I opened my eyes, it was, it was crazy. Like it had all the visual vocabulary of, of Galactus and things were sort of generally where they needed to be, but not exactly. And the scale would change for certain, like the face would be larger than it should be. And it was like, uh, the person I did it for was, was really pleased with the drawing and, and he came back around again and, and, and showed it to me again this year. But I, I mean, it, it made me want to draw with my eyes closed a lot more. Mm-hmm. No, that, because, uh, one of the exercises in, uh, well, good figure drawing classes is don't look at the paper ever. Yeah. And you, you, you need to get a feel for the, the forms. And you know what? Um, it, it's, it says a lot about Kirby's design, designs. They talk about, I think they call it smashable design or breakable design, where if you like smash something into a million pieces and then just pick up like one of the pieces, you could tell what it is. Like, like they say apple, 
does that really well. You can pick up like a, a little smashed piece of like an iPhone or whatever, and, and you can tell that it's an Apple product just sort of randomly. And right. I feel like Kirby's designs are like and like that. And that was a great example of that. You, it's the pieces aren't exactly what they should be or where they should be, but you can you can tell it's Galactus. Right. I don't think there's a piece of Galactus that wouldn't uh, indicate his entire like his overall design. Like if you pick up one of the one of the head forks or the 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 spines on the head, it mm-hmm. just screams Galactus. Like every part of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there aren't too many artists. Like I think I think that is like a mark of a singular artist, like who's able to do that. And Kirby's one of them. And um, I think Rob Liefeld's like that too. Like like his. <laughs> Character design and figure design and everything is so much his own and that every part of it sort of contributes to the whole. Like he, like, I, I can't think of too many other examples other than them, them, uh, strange to say. I'm trying to think and I, I really can't. I mean, Ditko? Yes. Yeah. How about, how about Starlin to a lesser yeah, extent? Yes, Starlin. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, uh, that's a, a question to ponder. Yeah. Wow. Oh, sorry. Um, guys, what else? Well, uh, gotta be more. Yeah. Well, so, so this, for years we had been hearing that this was uh, the ultimate art show. Uh, and certainly the experience that I had and it would, would back that up. And, and I will say that the other cool thing about this show was that, I mean, not only did, did, did we come away with some awesome art, but, uh, I, I feel like, I know almost everybody that was getting awesome art there. Like either they're listeners of the show or they're people that, 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 uh, I've seen at other cons or it just seemed like every time we were at an artist, either chatting them up or, or I was getting something done by them, we'd see what else they were working on. And then sometime later on in the show, we'd find out that the piece was for somebody a la with the Fortress Maximus. Mm-hmm. Campbell, right? It just seemed like every time whatever awesome art was getting done was by was getting done by someone from our community, which was really, really. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of the best examples of this, and it warms my heart, you know, because to this day, I mean, uh, you know, you know, Jim is still to this day extremely complimentary of us for you know our, our impact on Aphrodisiac. Well, I, I, you know, uh, Saber Two Swordsman Vince, which you know we bigged up and and in many episodes, um, Aaron was there, and he's a great dude, and. Um, all I got to say is Aaron underestimated the EOC impact because he did not have enough hardcovers with him. He was sold out of the hardcovers, I think, by the end of Friday. And uh, people were is coming great. up to him the whole weekend saying, hey, the guy's 11 o'clock comics told me I got to check out your book. And the cool thing was is that that, that's, that spanned not only listeners and fans, but but also creators. I mean, a I, I, ton of creators were looking at my portfolio and saw the Sabretooth page, and their jaws dropped. And then I said, well, by the way, that, that cat's here tonight. He's here at the show over in that table. And those dudes all rolled over to Aaron to check him out, check out his stuff, and tell him how awesome they thought he was. So I think it was... Okay. He is amazing. He You're right. is absolutely amazing. And um, we, Dave and I, were, 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 we got a glimpse of the pages that will be in the first issue of Dark Horse Presents, which will have a Sabretooth Swordsman story. And they are just jaw-dropping. Yeah. yeah, see that? I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I, I hope someone from Dark Horse is listening because longtime reader of Dark Horse Presents, the only reason why I'm ordering the new series is because of Sabretooth Swordsman. Nice. That's the only reason. I mean, yes, Jeff Darrow's in it, a lot of great people. Sabretooth Swordsman is the reason why I'm not. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's a there's a maze scene. 
that is so detailed, I would have, I would have absolutely bought the page from him, but it's one of those things where he said, uh, uh, we have some feedback. I don't know if that's you, Tom. Yeah, that's, that's me. I'm trying to, uh, move my, my set. I'm not, I'm not the pro that you guys are. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm stable now. Practice. Gotcha. I, I love stuff like that. That but, is the uh, best. But, but yeah, the, 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 I would have bought the page in a heartbeat, but it's one of those things where Aaron said it's the best page he's ever drawn, yeah. so he's not going to sell it until he draws something that he thinks is better than that, and then he'll be willing to sell oh, it. To yeah, me. that's pretty damn smart. Yeah, yeah I like. He's definitely that type of uh, that type of creator. Where unless until the next thing that tops it, he's he has a very he'll price it, hoping that someone won't get it, and then uh, he'll draw something else that blows his mind and and. Uh, and he almost screwed up because he named a price. Yes, he did. For, for not that page, but there was another page from this issue, the first page of the series, and I love that one too. And yeah. he didn't really want to sell that one too, so he named a price, and then he said, well, would you pay that right now? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> so then he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I could tell he didn't really want to part with it, and I never want to buy art from someone that they're going to regret selling it to me. So I, I, I said, all right, listen, maybe I'll check back later. So I didn't buy it. I'm really surprised he let go of the one that you own. Because that, to me, is the best page out of that entire book. Thank you. I love that mountain. Yeah, it's an awesome page. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not praising you. You. I mean, you. Yes, you had the smart, the smarts to buy it. But I mean, him. That is just a magnificent page. No argument. No argument. Yeah. Uh. So. So the 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 final tally art wise, for me was twenty seven JMP squares. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, good. God bless you, Jason. You might single-handedly be the reason why uh, it, it's a good art show. <laughs> I, I, I would, so, wouldn't doubt that. So yeah, so twenty-seven. Let's see here. Uh, twenty-seven art squares. Uh, I will I'll, I'll quickly shout at everybody. Uh, uh, for, well, first and, and certainly uh, not not least, uh, Beachhead by Mr. Tom Scholey. Oh, yeah. uh, Firefly, Firefly by uh, uh, Eric Donovan. That came out awesome. Uh, the, Aaron Conley did a killer beast on my Brotherhood of Evil Mutants piece. No, Blob. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, did I say, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm going off memory. Yeah, Blob, I meant to say, sorry. A killer Blob, and Blob's like teeth are clenched and he's sweating profusely like a fat person would do. It's great. Um, uh, <laughs> Carrie, Carrie Randolph did an awesome mystique on my, on that same piece, and then, uh, Kelly Williams, who's a, uh, a guy y'all need to keep an eye out for. He's, he's new to, new to the business, but, uh, he did a saber tooth um, on my Guardians of the Galaxy piece, uh, a, a, a what is effectively a self-portrait by Vanessa Del Rey of Mantis. Uh, sounds like a cat is, is using a litter box right now. Uh, uh, my, my wife is, is scooping our cat's litter box. Ah, I, I guess I lost nice. the job. I, I won't be getting the, the jack. Oh, okay. This is great. This Cinema is fucking Veritate. great. Uh, exactly, podcast verite. <laughs> so, so I got a killer mantis from Vanessa Del Rey, which exactly is really pretty much a self-portrait. Um, she's she's a very attractive young lady. Um, Pat Broderick did an awesome Adam Warlock. Um, and basically, how many people can say they have a Pat Broderick Warlock? Oh, there you go. Um, Babs Tar did a terrific uh, Martyr, which is uh, Phi Lavelle for those that aren't up on the Guardians uh, world. Uh, Mr. Jorge Corona. Um, did uh, Iron Man in a spacesuit, which was great because more than a few artists were scoffing at the idea of having Thank to draw. Thank God, that one's finally off the Because uh, no one really likes that outfit, that 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 suit. Uh, you know, the red, the red, the red metal one that he wore uh, for his. Yeah. But Jorge hooked it up and it looks great. 
and then uh, certainly last but but not least on that piece, um, our good buddy Scotty was was kind enough to break his own rule uh, for me and and draw a bug uh, on my jam piece. For- oh wait, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and, and I got to give him love for that because he's not generally a fan of the jam. So he, he, uh, he, I called it a, a favor there and he was, he, he, he hooked it up. And then, uh, on my West Coast Avengers jam, uh, Mr. David Marquez did a, a, a Tigra. Um, a, another guy you all need to keep your eye out for. He's new to the game. Mr. Sajad Shah did a awesome Wonder Man. Uh, our boy Tom Fowler started off the piece with a full color vision. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, uh, on that one, uh, Jeremy Hahn, who I have a number of commissions from, but I, I did not ever have on any of my jams, did a stunning Moon Knight. It's, it's absolutely stunning. And, uh, and who knows, maybe someday we'll see Jeremy draw Moon Knight for real. We'll see. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I think there is like an element of that to, to commissions. It's almost like you're auditioning. Like if you, if you do a brilliant <laughs> commission and it gets, circulated around uh you know uh one day you might be uh, tapped on the shoulder to do it i i I'll, I'll bet a lot of artists think of that you know at least while they're drawing it to 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 inspire them i think that's right um on my serpent society jam uh we i got a great viper by jeff stokely who also did a just drop dead fantastic phantom x commission for me uh where phantom x is uh riding uh on eva and, uh, with, with two guns blazing. So, uh, so he, he did a Viper, uh, Tom's car mate and our buddy Jim Rugg did a King Cobra. Uh, Mr. Paul as a set fellow Jersey boy, what, what did a black Mamba. Uh, and last, uh, but again, not least, uh, Mr. Joseph Cooper, who has been doing some stuff for Valiant Campbell introduced me, uh, actually Jerry McGate introduced me, apologies, uh, did a, a puff outer. Uh, so, that's coming on nicely. And then uh, on the Inhumans Jam, um, Kevin Mellon, who I think did one of my very first commissions I ever purchased about eight years ago at a CGS event. Um, he, so eight years later, he, he did a Black Bolt on my Inhumans, and it's absolutely beautiful. He did this effect, like this effect on it, which I think he uses his his fingerprint to do it. I I, I meant to follow up and ask him, but but it, it's almost like really delicate cross hatching. But I think it's from his fingerprint. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. It looks like it's I, fingerprint. It does. But. I meant to ask him. Yeah. Uh, I actually, actually think Dan Pinochian, uh, Facebook something about him using his thumb as, uh, hatching in a, in a fire. Much to similar effect. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, again, as we t- already said, Matt Kent did the crystal. Um, uh, a character that most people didn't want to draw, uh, Ahura Boltagon, because at the end of the day, he's a teenage, normal looking teenager with black hair. Um, Mr. Andrew Robinson of Fifth Beetle fame did a, a, a fantastic rendition of, uh, That's a Andrew's perfect not much fit. a superhero guy, so yeah, he didn't, he didn't really, you know, care that, that it's a, a, a normal looking dude, and so it was a perfect fit to have him do that. Uh, and then, um, again, much like with Scotty, uh, you know, Stegman, who, uh, who certainly uh, we, we give a lot of uh, of grief to for having a big head, but he's an awesome guy and we he's he's a good friend and he he took some time to do a uh, Karnak on my piece, um, which was very very gracious of him. Oh, and, poor and, Karnak! I know. And then last but certainly not least, um, Francesco Franco Villa did a Sauron, and that was cool because 
when I went up to, we went up to Francesco to have him on Sunday morning to draw something because he had said to come back on Sunday. I had asked him to do a, another character and he just smiled and said, no, no, I don't want to do that. He uh-huh. said, to give me some challenging. Hearts. Yeah. Good for him. Yep. Yeah. So I, I just basically handed him my jam piece for, in the portfolio and said, we'll take a look at what, and he, he picked Sauron and, and, and it, it worked out wonderfully. Um, awesome. Mitch Jarrods did a Maverick excitedly because he said that's one of his favorite characters. Um, when I had, uh, when I was getting my pieces from the essential sequential group, uh, Jason at essential had asked me because there was a window where, where Dave Johnson had a, had a, a spot open who I wanted him to draw. And I knew I wanted Dave to do something on my weapon X, but uh, I was blanking out under the pressure and I didn't have my reference because Steve Mannion had, had still had it at his table. So I just, I, I said, do Deadpool without thinking about the fact that Dave Johnson has drawn Deadpool about 80,000 times in his life. Um, but it was cool when Dave actually drew Deadpool with an arrow through his head, uh, and, and wrote in a little, little caption I think you missed. So, so he had fun with it. Um, the Steve Mannion copycat, which we talked about already, and then Panosian did a Weapon X, uh, or otherwise known as Kane, uh, and that, that's, there's your 27 jam pieces. Uh, Astound. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, it was, it was quite the, uh, quite the haul, and then on top of that, I got 11 other pieces of art. <laughs> so. Which Sounds I, like a I, lot of leg work. I can only imagine like darting around the convention hall to, to just yeah, do that's all the fun, stuff. though. That's the fun. I have a blast doing that kind of thing. You know, I really do. That that's kind of what I what I'm all about. Uh, it it just it's so much fun to to uh, to do that sort of thing. You know, so uh, I mean, I just love having the art. It was um, I got the you know the Darrow piece which we talked about, Phantom X commission from Jeff, uh, the Dominant commission from Steve, the Savage Hulk page from Gabriel. Um, Kelly Williams, um, while I was doing my jam piece, I was looking through his portfolio. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's, I think he's had one published comic so far, but he had in his portfolio for sale a, an, a terrific, uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot. So I had to have that. Um, I bought a, a Black Panther page. It's from the Black Panther issues where he's marrying Storm. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a page from Black Panther, Black Panther's not on the page, but it's the entire, um, Giant size X Men, uh, X Men, uh, team on the page. And the pencils are by Scott Eaton, but what really made the page for me a must have is that it's, uh, Klaus Jansen on inks. Oh, nice. So, finally have a Klaus, uh, piece. Bought another Black Science page from Mateo. Yeah. Can't quit that. Um, probably the piece that got the most, uh, social media love after I posted it, um, including Chris Somney saying, who is that? And saying, holy fug. I can't believe how good that is, uh, was the Domino Commission by Vanessa Del Rey. Um, she, she, that piece was stunning, and it really got a lot of reception. Uh, the Power Pack piece from the auction, the Finn and Jake piece from the auction, and uh, uh, and then the final piece, which was another cool moment for David and I, um, was I finally am a proud owner of a Michael Ringo uh, piece. Yeah. Uh, you know, Matt, his brother, is often at these shows, Um raising money for the scholarship that they have in Mike's name and is, is, is the, you know, the, the, the holder and reseller of, of Mike's art now where the proceeds go to the scholarship. And, uh, I had forgotten that, that frankly, one of the last things that, that Mike ever did before he, he sadly passed away was he was doing an arc of Miss Marvel. Uh, and so I bought a page from, it, it may be one of the very last issues that was ever published from from him, but it's, uh, oh, it's a fully inked uh, by Wade von Crawbadger page of Miss Marvel and Rogue, 
Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, so that's the haul, man. It was, it was an epic haul. Uh, just, just, I mean, needless to say, I will be back to heroes many, many times over yes. this course of my life. It was incredible. So nice. Tom, how many, uh, commissions did you do? If, if you don't mind me asking, I don't remember the number. I just remember that I had to draw commissions nonstop. I, I nice. did, did them in the evening. I, I, uh, did them. I, I tried not to do them over, over dinner, but occasionally, I, I, I'd sort of sneak a little drawing in over, over dinner. Um, and so, uh, my, my mom always told me that, that, um, you know, if, if you find yourself just drawing nonstop, that means you have to raise your prices. So, so I guess, uh, <laughs> you know. it's true. Uh, and now, so are you getting exclusively Transformers and GI Joe commissions or is, has like, is there spillover? No, yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't get any, uh, GI Joe ones except for, uh, Woods, um, Beachhead, Jimmy's. but but yeah. trans, Transformers, yeah, not Scorponok, Optimus Prime, <laughs> uh, uh, Fortress Maximus, uh, and then uh, like non-Transformers stuff was um, Doctor Strange, and Ooh. the guy who commissioned it told me to just go nuts, so I just I just I kind of came up with a weird kind of design for Doctor Strange, and then called him Doctor Strange as fuck. Yeah, uh, was, was you know who that was? That, <laughs> the, uh, Vince, that was Larry. That was uh, that, Larry, that, B. That was Larry B. Larry B. Oh from, yeah, yeah, Larry. Oh, oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Oh, 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 and uh, uh, Shannon Slayton, who who you know usually always commissions something from me, uh, wanted Nick Fury versus Baron Carza. I saw that, and it's beautiful. Dude, she is yeah. a baller too. She, we were exchanging emails on Comic Art fans. She, he, she he, Sh- a Shannon's a guy. Oh, he, yeah. sorry, he, he obviously I, I didn't, didn't meet him in person. Just no, did not, did not. Yeah. But, but, uh, but tons of pieces from Heroes. That's why we were exchanging it. So I did not meet him. Sorry, but yeah, but yeah, definite baller. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he, like, he usually gets something from me and something from Jim, so we're kind of looking over each other's shoulders, uh, you know, what are you working? Mm-hmm. And, and, and by the way, I, I was hoping to, and I think we were planning on having a, another piece in my collection, which was that, but, but Tom forgot to bring oh, it. Oh, yes, I forgot to, I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, that's the other sort of downside, I mean, you can't say it's a downside, but, like, I, I really enjoy just working on the book itself, but then when you go to these shows, you kind of feel a responsibility to do, do, uh, commissions instead of working on like the actual book. So I just was working nonstop on the book. I, I did very little preparation for the show, but yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally blew it. Wood said, bring, uh, bring, uh, the, the black dynamite cover. And I'm like, definitely. And, and I forgot it. It's all good. Mm. Well, Jason, you own the two tank page, don't you? No. From, um, no, you don't. No, Who? I have, a, I, must... I have an awesome black, uh, I have an awesome Kirby esque black, black Panther commission from Tom. Yeah, Black Panther versus the Six Million Year Man. Yes, Six Million Year Man. Uh, I do not own anything from from Ambarb, no. Huh. Well, I must know someone that does then. You must. Uh, it's it might. Me. Yeah, might be. Might be Chris Campbell. I think he might have bought. I think uh, Campbell owns it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yes, you're right. He does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, there's a reason why Tom is getting hit with uh, Transformers requests is because when does the issue, uh, first issue ship? It it ships um July, I think like the third week of July. Uh, um. But yeah, and and I think it, they they told me this week is the cutoff date for orders for issue one, which is why I sort of uh made it a point to to squeeze myself onto the heroes recap rather than having sort of sort of an episode uh all to myself <laughs> where we can sort of spread out but uh it was just important to get because those uh, like I don't know how inside baseball you guys I mean you guys are pretty inside baseball but um you know like the first issue 
of a series is vital. Like it's right. as, as hard as it is to get numbers up on a first issue, it's you know exponentially harder with each issue. So you just got like so I'm just trying trying to like push push put you know and 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 you know get it out there and 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 uh, tweet as many uh, incendiary uh, uh, thoughts as I can just to kind of you know get get the word out that that you know this thing's happening. Right. Well, like Wachter on Godzilla, I think you're blessed uh, with the fourth uh, installment of the movie coming out so close to the release date of your the first issue, because I'm sure the interest is going to be, you know, yeah, in, in your favor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I got to say, I, I think, you know, having consumed the, the free comic book day issue, knowing you and the way you work and, and what we've seen so far, I, I think it's going to be safe to say going to be the most artistic, uh, version of the Transformers ever. And, uh, in depth, uh, conceptually rich. I mean, that's not to put to shame everything that's come before, but, this is a once in a, in a in a lifetime deal for me. Well, they um like like at IDW they were they were telling me that that they do think sort of sales wise you know beyond that initial first issue it's going to follow probably like a closer trajectory of like a creator owned series because of that because it's sort of like uh, very uh, art focused and and idiosyncratic and and unique mm-hmm. to the artist that it probably will sort of have that same building of an audience. But I I don't I don't want to count on anything or rely on any like I want to make sure. That, that right. you know, this thing makes as big a splash as possible. And another thing that's working in your favor is you're not beholden to any other continuity other than your own. So vital, yeah. I mean, that means so much because one of the things that sort of kept me from pursuing uh, like work for hire was that idea. Like I thought, oh, you know, I'll do something that's some piece of a crossover that somebody else is doing the main, part, you know, and where you're just sort of restricted. You know, that was that was sort of the big one of the big things about uh, mainstream comics that didn't seem like any fun, but yeah, this, like this, like this is our continuity. Each issue, it's only what we want it to be. And that's, that's like a really privileged position in, in sort of, you know, comics or, you know, mainstream comics or, or, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, four color comics to, to be able to create like a continuity from scratch and not, not have to coordinate with any other book. Right. Well, you pissed in a huge corner with the free comic book day issue. With uh, Cobra Commander, yeah, the, uh, you, you're making your mark right out of the bat, right off the bat, and that's great. That's the way it should be. Take no prisoners. Get this stuff out there, and you know, twist some heads around. I, I, I loved. I, we all did. That that first issue was incredible. Yeah, it's that it's that Stan Lee thing of like every every comic is somebody's first comic. So like this, you know, each issue might be the only issue they ever see. So so really give everybody, you know, every put it all out there. Get, get you know, hand it all over. And make it as complete as possible too. That's a great approach. I, I can't wait till you guys see issue one. Like it's it's pretty different. Like the art is different. Uh, the just the the type of storytelling, but it's the same kind of thing as like a very complete, almost like a, a you know like a separate movie or something. But but that's part of you know part of that the continuity. Yeah, I forget who it was that said that. Um, um it's almost as if uh your version of the of the transformers w- would be published by uh picture box in another <laughs> universe. yeah and it's 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 an it's an art comic it's an action comic and it's 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 like the best of both worlds you can have your you you geek out over these these uh long time characters and yet you get a nice little uh 
aesthetic edge to it that you don't normally see with uh, the properties. <laughs> you, you didn't have to convince me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's very little. <laughs> right. no, extremely little. But I had almost, I mean, there was really no indication before this that you were a fan. Well, um, that's true. That's, that's the thing. Um, you know, like we're all around the same age. So I grew up with all this stuff. This stuff was all part of my childhood. Uh, and, and, you know, the Transformers cartoon was like, you know, one of the earliest, uh, you know, intros to science fiction. It was this like very like, you know, uh, vibrant sci-fi world. I remember watching the first episode. Like I, I, I and, uh, as a child, I was just a TV addict. I mean, I just consumed everything. So, I mean, that was all there. And then just, in, you know, some people sort of take it with them into adulthood and some people don't. And I just didn't really, you know, I didn't care. I, they kind of gave you a cutoff point, like, like Transformers ended or, you know, like it, 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 it around the time, like it was, it kept going further and further into the future. It, it changed with the, the movie and then the headmasters cartoon and then it just stopped. So that, that was like the jump off point for me but um it, it, i it, so i i have i have been reading uh you know the occasional transformers comic here and there but it wasn't until i got this job where it's like okay i got to do my homework like i don't you know mm-hmm. i i know this stuff somewhat but but i don't know it the way i need to I, I need to know it inside out so i just hit the books and just kept reading and read and watching movies and just immersing myself so much in both of these universes until uh you know, like, you know, until I knew what Megatron had for breakfast this morning or something. And, and so when, it, when do we get the big lob, uh, appearance then? <laughs> it, um, I, I haven't thought that far in advance. I, I'm, I'm doing issue I'm two sorry. right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> the, the, the takes it very seriously. Yeah. I, I, I do take it very seriously. And, um, the, the furthest ahead I am is I have a conception of the October guard. That I want to impute, nice. that I think is a very different, a bit very different from any way they've been seen before, but, but, um, you know, should, should sort of resonate. Including Mercer, who's a former, uh, member of Cobra. I, I, I had a scene for Mercer that I told, uh, that, that hasn't worked its way into the comic yet and maybe never will. And I told it, uh, to a Transformers, uh, panel, or, or maybe it was a G.I. Joe panel at, uh, Phoenix Comic Con and the audience was horrified. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, because you can't fit, um, you can't fit Sergeant Slaughter. Like, I, I wanted to fit Sergeant Slaughter into the comic, but you can't ah. for rights reasons. Yeah. And so oh. I, I sort of had it in my head that, like, Sergeant Slaughter's been killed, you know, by, by somebody in, Co- Co- like, when I had conceived it, Cobra Commander hadn't, like, died in, in, in issue zero, the, the uh, spoiler alert, but, um, but it was gonna be a scene <laughs> where Mercer has, like, returned to the fold in Cobra, and then, he sort of like like at a moment where he has Cobra Commander at his mercy, he like pulls a stiletto out of his boot or something, and just like starts stabbing Cobra Commander in the chest and 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 stabs the letters S S into his chest and says, you know, my my old commander says hello, you know, some kind of uh, you know like revenge <laughs> for the, for the murder of Sergeant Slaughter before nice. Cobra Commander's guards sort of come in and and you know and mow him down. So it was like a very sort of um. Inglorious bastards kind of scene that I'd envisioned, but that was before I, I gave too much thought about the fact that oh wait, this is a licensed comic; it has to be approved by by Hasbro. So there, you know, there's certain <laughs> things you just can't do. How has that been? I mean, have they been pretty cool about everything? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Like any, um, like basically everything's been greenlit with sort of the occasional tweak or or mainly it's just like little you know, oh, can you change this line or so? and 
like I, I should, uh, my uh, co-writer, John Barber, like I told him, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to do whatever crazy thing comes to mind. And like, I just need you to sort of like hold, hold me fr- back from like, you know, j- you know, j- jumping over the cliff with, with some of these ideas. And so to only have those few little changes here and there, like has, has been remarkable. Like I, I'd, I'd heard, you know, horror stories about working with licensed comics before, but, um, like none of those things have happened on on this one. They they give you any indication on how um, much uh, sexualization of the characters you can uh, put in there? Like Scarlet's, we we know Scarlet's a hottie, yes. and it seems like every, everybody everybody wants a piece of that in the zero issue. Like, <laughs> is there a point where you know you've been told pull back a little? No, bit? I mean, no, no, nothing with that. Uh, the, like there was a line, like like talking about like sex or or there was um there was like a line of dialogue where uh um like i had these exclamations that that wild bill would shout and one of them was davy crockett's buckshot balls (laughs) they didn't like that because like even though balls of buckshot are not are not testicles that you know it was kind of like that it sounds a little too much like that so that that's that's what, so I, I changed it to Tarnation's Tumbleweeds, which every time they, he's at Tarnation's Tumbleweeds. But, um, <laughs> every time I'm forced to change something, which is very rare and forced is such a horrible word, but everything, like it, it does, like I kind of take it as like a challenge where it's like, okay, I'm going to try and find something even better or even more interesting. And, and so it, it tends to play out that way. I cannot wait. Now, and as far as the duration of the series, this is open-ended. You guys can go uh, as long as uh, sales warrant. Yeah, as, as long as we want to, basically. I mean, yeah, all, all things in life are, are, you know, at the mercy of sales. But, yeah, I mean, as long as we want. The plan, I mean, my plan is to make a, like, definitive comic book universe that will run forever and that will will first equal and then eventually uh, transcend and then and replace and, and make obsolete uh, the Marvel Universe, which I think is probably like the, the, the greatest uh, comic book universe at the moment. Like the DC Universe doesn't seem to offer it uh, too much competition. So that's my and and it's I, I say that only because I feel like the material warrants it. I think the idea of a war between uh, alien machines and uh, sort of uh, you know Kirby-esque futuristic super soldiers is something that 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 has legs. You know, a war that stretches back to the distant past and into the, into the distant future. Like that seems like a more compelling, uh, unifying mythology than than you know sort of Marvel offers or DC offers. Uh, I mean, you know, the X Men sort of have like a compelling unifying mythology. The uh, Green Lantern does. There's Batman's Gotham, but I don't know. Like that just it seems to me like it's perfect for our time too. So. Uh, you know, the only, the only task now is just execution to like make something that's, that's so good that it, that it, that it lives up to that promise. So this series is, is your, your petri dish for your like, uh, Burroughs conceptual virus and you're just gonna unleash it on the Marvel and DC universe. It's gonna consume them eventually. It, it will consume, it, 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 um, you know, I, I, I think it'll be, they'll, they'll take what we make and, and, and make it into like a, a, a successful film franchise of, of Transformers versus G.I. Joe things. And, and yeah, yeah, it'll eat, eat the Marvel Universe's lunch for sure. <laughs> you are galactic in a sense. Stranger <laughs> things have happened. So. It's true. Uh, I'm so excited for you. This is, this is great stuff. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it really is going to be awesome. And, and for those that aren't getting the gist here, I, I assume many of our listeners are already well aware of the work and, 
hopefully have pre-ordered, but, but just, uh, it's, with books like this, it's, uh, it's vital that you pre-order. Like, like Tom said, the, the first issue yeah. out of the gates really sets the tone for whether this thing's gonna have a good long run or, or if it's gonna be, you know, relatively short-lived. So, uh, so, so let's go ahead and, and pre-order that and not just buy it off the shelf. I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna be pleasantly, um, surprised with the initial orders on the first issue. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear. I mean, I, I got sort of, like early, early, early orders, like a few weeks ago, and, and those are already those would already make it the number one uh, IDW book that month. But I like I I feel like this needs this needs to make up this needs to be bigger than that. It needs like I mean uh, I'd like it to be by the end of the year like the number one comic uh, you know on the diamond list. Uh, what I mean whether it, we do that in one issue or, or twelve issues or three issues or what, but but I, I feel like that's that's our game to lose. Like we, like, like it's on our hands to make that happen because like we have everything in our favor, the movies, the strength of the mythology, the, uh, you know, freedom that, that, that we're given to just do whatever we want. It's a very rare position to be in, in, in comics. Yeah. Well, I think you're going about it exactly the right way because, uh, I mean, you're, you're a champion for your own stuff. You're on the Twitter and the Facebooks and you're always out there plugging away and giving people glimpses into the process mm-hmm. and, and hint, hints at what's to come. I mean, the, you know, publishers, they, they push their stuff, but there's only so much they can do. And I, and I think you're, you're very wise in realizing that you got to pick up whatever slack they don't, you know, uh, pick up themselves and get out there and just let people know what you're doing and show them how good it is oh yeah i mean that was a big lesson that that just from doing comics all this time that that you know you come in and you kind of think oh yeah you know they got their you know marketing department or their sales department taking care of it but these uh comic book companies the marketing and sales departments are very small they they have a million different books they need to do so if you as a creator can sort of take it in your own hands to promote it as much as possible and that really is the most effective promotion because that like like to hear from the creators of a work themselves uh there's there's like no better spokesperson for the work i I think everybody should do it yeah well there's they're silly not to i mean it doesn't cost anything other than your your time yeah but that's and that's that's one of the things people like say to me they're like well you know this is just uh you know it's like work for hire you you don't own a piece of it or anything and i'm like it's my book it's it's my name on it if it's a number one book i get the credit for it if it's if it if it tanks i get i get the blame so so, you know, I don't care about any, like, I want to, I want to have, I want to have the number one book. I want to have a big book. So I'm going to do what it takes. Yep. Oh, definitely. I think that's the right approach. I mean, you have to take ownership of it no matter whether you created the underlying concepts or not. Right. Cause as you said, I mean, this is a, a potentially a very hope, high profile, uh, you know, exposure and, uh, that as we've seen time and time again in, in recent years that, you know, when, when, uh, when a when a book uh you know does well it it provides you as a creator a platform not just for that that book but also to uh have people exposed to your uh to your work in other places i mean you know as you know tom i think because you're a listener i'm a huge fan of remender's fear agent Mm -hmm. and you know rick is very open about the fact that while a lot of us in the podcast community were supportive and and love the heck out of that book it sold terribly i mean it just it didn't sell units like ever even up until its end and that was yeah we we had a similar path with godland and it came out around the same time too it was just like a weird time in comics that that model hadn't been figured out yet and people hadn't like social media hadn't reached the sophistication it is now so you didn't like like now we have all the pieces we need like like if if he were making fear agent now or if we were starting godland now we we have the means to make those into hits but back then we just we just didn't know 
Right, and, and that's what I was getting at, which is that I remember talking to him about uh, Furigen as it was wrapping up, and I, be, being a, a slut for all things shelf porn, I, I said, "Dude, are we ever going to get a you know omnibus of this?" And he laughed at the time and said, "I don't know, buddy. It's uh, you know I don't know if that's in the cards." And then you know, fast forward to, to now, thanks to his uh, you know reasonably high profile success on 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 b- books with characters he doesn't own. He did put out, as you know, the two Furage and Omnibus, and they and they can't keep him in print. I mean, the mm-hmm. things are selling like hotcakes. He's he's probably sold more oversized hardcovers of Furage than he sold the issues. Uh, it, it's 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 been a stunning success, and 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 although I'm sure for him it seems like a really long journey, it was only three four years ago that 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 he didn't think he'd ever be able to monetize that property, and now it's it's a humongous success for him and 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 Tony and Jerome and uh, and and Mike. So. So yeah, it's uh it's it's exciting stuff and I I I love the how how serious you're taking it. So I just uh uh I mean, you know you know you have our support. I I generally hope that oh, the yeah, book I is a smashing success. So yeah. Well, one thing I I uh really love about Tom aside from his artwork is that you're completely invested in whatever it is you're doing. There there doesn't seem to be an ulterior motive to your approach, like Transformers, that could be a, a damn good ulterior motive to get you on something, you know, bigger. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's just say, just say with, with Marvel or DC, right. but you, you you don't take that route. You are you're you're in whole hog. You're going to make the best damn Transformers versus GI Joe comic that that you possibly can. It's just there's an honesty to your approach that is completely genuine to me, and that is so refreshing to see. Uh, from guys that, you know, are working on stuff just to, as a stepping stone to get somewhere else. This seems like the end point for you. I mean, I, I could do this forever. I mean, I'd like to work, uh, my creator own stuff into it, but yeah, like I don't have any other, like to me, working on the Avengers or something, you know, might, might be interesting to try or something, but I think this is just a better fit for me. Like, like I, I, I'd rather stay on something that I have this, uh, you know, like, like, uh, almost total control over. And, uh, and that's so sci-fi centered. And, um, a lot of the superhero, uh, universe, they have, they have a lot of baggage. And, 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 and also, of course, I mean, they're, they're not going to be willing to sort of, you know, let me restart, you know, their universes from scratch like I can here. So, so I, I can't imagine anything better than, than, than this as a, as a job. I, I think of Ditko yeah. at, at Charlton. I mean, it's an odd comparison to make, but Ditko could have been at Marvel. He could have been at DC, but he went to Charlton. Uh, even though it didn't pay as much as Marvel and DC, he went to Charlton because he just wanted to make his comics his way, and and I I really identify with that. Uh, yeah, of course, I don't... IDW pays way more than Charlton, but <laughs> better paper too. Uh, no, I don't I don't see that as an odd comparison at all. It's pretty apt, uh, honestly. But um, yeah, uh, it, it it's almost inconceivable to me to go back like say three four years and think of. Uh, you working on something like the Transformers? Uh, no, but I mean, I know from what we've seen from you that you could probably do anything you put your mind to. But now it just seems like it's yeah, that's a perfect fit. Why? Why didn't anyone ever think of this before? Well, I, when I, I I was for a long time resistant to trying to get get um, work for hire work. Like I really like do believe in in, in creator and stuff. And but um, like I could not have imagined this was what was waiting for me. I thought I would be doing some sort of like earth Four Robin spin-off, like some kind of mm-hmm. thing that I couldn't care less about. But if somebody told me, Oh yeah, uh, you know, Transformers versus GI Joe is waiting for you. Like this is, this is incredible. Like, uh, you know, I go, I go, I'd go to see those Transformers movies and just have a note in my head of like, okay, yeah, they're doing this all wrong. They need to do this. They need to. Do-. And so this is like my chance to do that. 
Right. And and for no, go ahead, buddy. No, I was just going to say, in terms of your 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 process, I mean, do you think that? Uh, I mean, will you be able to? Is it your plan to be the sole illustrator of this series if it does get a decent run, or, or will you will you just for the sake of 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 time and making sure the book comes out consistently without you losing your mind, will you uh, you know occasionally have fill an issue or even other people do arcs where you just write it? No, I mean, I, I love to draw. So I, I just, like, I'll, I'll, I'll draw all of the regular series, but I've conceived of certain, uh, sort of, uh, historical things and certain, certain, like, special issues that I, I have, um, artists picked out for. And I'm, there's, there's one for, uh, Rob Liefeld that he's very excited about doing. I'm excited about him doing. And, uh, and the, uh, the, uh, editor and, and, and my co-writer are excited about him doing. And it's, it's just a matter of sort of, you know, uh, lining things up, you know, once, uh, as it gets closer, but, but like, I have one planned for him. That's just like, like, I, th- I think might be better than, than, than like the regular series itself. But, but so, yeah, I, I, I want to draw all of them, but there are certain people I would like to work with that I can sort of maybe like an annual here or, or yeah, a fill in there. And, and I also have some uh, people in mind who, who could, who could be my successor if I ever, you know, have to, have to, you know, pass the baton, you know, at age, age 70 or, or whatever. <laughs> Have you ever thought about including maybe uh, four-page backup stories where you can you can say get someone as um, uh, right like Walt Simonson did for John Byrne with New Gods and then then right right because um, I mean depending on on Rob to do like say a a four-issue series I would be a little worried. Well, the thing the thing I have in mind for him is twenty pages, uh, a complete total start to finish story but that's that's the reason why like ironing out the details because uh, i want to give him a ton of lead time i want to give him all the lead time in right. the world, and not because that's of any fear smart. of unreliability but because i want him to like i, I want to make the rob lightfeld masterpiece I, I he he's one of those creators there's i, I uh, uh there's not like one comic you can point to and say like oh if you read this comic, you'll know what Rob Liefeld's all about, and this is like incredible. This is like I don't think there's one like he's got sort of great moments spread throughout his body of work, but I want to make for him the master like the thing that that people say, oh, this is the Rob Liefeld comic, and and th- this thing I I think could be it. Wow, you love Rob, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean I always liked Rob, but hanging out with uh, Jim Rugg and and especially Ed Pisker. They taught me to love Rob. They, they, nice. like, cause they grew up with his stuff and they showed me like, oh no, there's this and that and this. And so, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fully in, in, uh, that world. Awesome. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing about the book to those who aren't, um, attracted to or invested in the Transformers and G.I. Joe universes. This book is way more than just that. There's there's 80s pop culture references in there. There's um, conceptual stuff from from comic book, uh, the, the language of comics that Tom exploits to 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 tell this tale. It's just uh, it's more than just giant robots fighting uh, borderline superpowered soldiers. It's it's there's it's conceptually more rich than that, and 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 it would you know behoove you to at least check out the first couple issues because it, this is a landmark occasion I think. Vince, I'm glad you said that because it I, like it hadn't quite occurred to me that way, but it, it yeah it is like um sort of the various threads I've been working on even even like my comics making, but even my comics criticism 
I think are sort of coming into play here. Like, it, it, like, like, yeah, it is on those, it, it is sort of just, yeah, like a, like a sci-fi story in and of itself. But then, yeah, there's also sort of like a commentary on just like the structure of, of the comic mm-hmm. and history of the comic book. It's, it's pretty damn incredible. It is. Yeah. And, and you know what else is incredible? Well, um, the rest of the people who I want to say hi to that we met this weekend. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. David's finishing his, his, uh, con recap there, buddy. Uh, the, yeah, good save. Um, <laughs> you have absolutely no qualms against slapping me down. None. You just do it. Well, I just, you know, I mean, uh, we, I love that. <laughs> you, you should hang out with my wife. Good I don't, that's what you think. <laughs> uh, Mr. Rob Pierce, uh, Jeff from WV and, and the Nerdy 30s podcast, uh, Todd, who now is the proud owner of autographs from Jason and I. What? We were at, we were waiting to talk to Pat Broderick, introduce ourselves and see if he could do a, do a square for Jason's jam piece. Uh, and we're talking. And this guy, this gentleman in front of us, uh, turned around and said, are you guys from 11 o'clock comics? And we said yes. Oh. And he says, oh my God, this made my con. I'm online. I'm going to get something from Pat Broderick, from Pat Broderick, and I have Jason and David behind me. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, so, no. so we had to sign in his sketchbook. Yes. That's sweet. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Brad Johnson, there was, um, Joseph Freistuller, who is, um, who's on our Facebook group page, who is a, a talented artist. He had a table there while we were, uh, having lunch on Sunday before I left. He, uh, he tweeted at me and said that, uh, we needed to stop by his table and he, he gifted me with an awesome, uh, Grendel. And, uh, so finally met him where we, we follow each other on the social medias. Uh, we said hello to, uh, Marcia Takara. Um, I introduced myself to Dean Tripp, told him about, the, and he remembered when, uh, we talked about something terrible on the podcast a few mm-hmm. months ago. Um, and, uh, we were talking about the, the new version of it. Uh, also introduced ourselves to Christopher Anka. Uh, saw Mr. Robert Atkins. Love him. And, uh, also talked to, um, while Jason was talking to, uh, Paul, as I said, to get the, uh, the Black Mamba, I was talking to the person at the table next to him, uh, Mr. Dennis Hopeless. So we were talking about, oh, yeah, nice. Avengers Arena and Undercover and, and his time on Cable and X-Force and, uh, his Legion of Monsters and, and how much fun he had with that. Um, and the good and bad of working with LaRocca on Cable and the X-Force. Not, not, not much bad. The bad would be how fast Salvador is and, and Dennis having to kind of keep up with him. Um, but, uh, you know, there were a lot of things, you know, he, we, he talked about his process and, and working with some of his collaborators and also spent some time talking to Mr. Terry Moore. Who, uh, we first met last year, Jason and I, in Baltimore, um, who will be at New York in October, and, uh, who will, if he does not bring his, uh, nibs and ink and brushes, Jason will buy them. For so reals. He can have his, uh, his, his inked piece on his jam piece. 
Um, he could use my bring it. You yeah, gotta beat her. But uh, it's um. I'll be sitting next to Tom drawing. All right, cool. Nice. You left. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it was a. Uh, there were a bunch of um, of people on the forum who who listened, or not even on the forum, but just listeners who uh, who they and even when we weren't online or like talking loudly, people would just come up to us and ask us if if we were Jason and David from 11 o'clock comics and and it was it was probably out of all the conventions that we've been attending over the years i think this one we had the most uh by far the the most the largest amount of people coming up to us which oh, is great for sure yeah, yeah. yeah for it sure was, i mean and and I, I appreciated every single one. I thought it was, I mean, it, it, it's great meeting the people who do listen and, and, and I guess because Vince wasn't with us, we, we seemed less intimidating this time, so people were able to come up and, and approach right, the us. The three of you forget, forget about it when the three of you are together. Well, right? Absolutely, but, but Vince also has that, you know, the serial killer look to him, which can which I say something? Or not, none of these are all fit and trim. I know that's true. It's just not right. What did you dude. want to say, it's Tom? Yeah, right. I, I just wanted to say because, like, yeah, I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and like meeting you in person, it's so different. What the dynamic is like? I mean, I I, I met Wood for the first time, and, and yeah, was taken aback by by what an imposing physical presence he is. <laughs> but um, but uh, meeting like when when I met uh, uh David, when I met you, uh, Vince, and Chris. The dynamic is almost totally different than like like totally reversed from what it is on the show because on the show like like Vince kind of takes the lead he's kind of the in charge guy but 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 uh, David you in person you are the leader you are sort of like the the quiet force that 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 guides you know uh, guides the rest of the guys and 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 Vince is very sort of soft spoken and 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 uh, introspective in person that's very that's true. Cause I'm paying attention to stuff. I like to, I like to soak it. No, seriously, I like to soak it all in. You know? No, that's not what I, oh man, I so much like my wife. Cause you're oh. shy, dude. Shy. I, I, I would, I would almost, almost say shy, yeah, in, in person, but, but on the microphone, you're, you're so, you're so different. Yeah, well, I'd, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Oh, Jason, any other things you'd like to float or, or Tom about the con before we uh, seg? Um, well, I mean, we'll definitely be back. Um, yes, definitely we'll uh, be planning if 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 next year happens on staying through till Monday morning. Yep. Um, because there's festivities on Sunday evening that we didn't know about until after too late and, and seemed would have been fun. Um, uh, no, man. I mean, again, just uh, thanks to everybody who. You know, as David mentioned, came up and sought us out. It, it still baffles me. Um, still can't believe somebody made us give him our autograph, our autographs. Uh, that's, I still, still think we defa- ended up defacing his book more than, than uh, doing anything of value there, but, uh, but it was flattering. Um, and, uh, apologies to anyone that we didn't shout out, uh, on this episode. It's, 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 it's certainly not because we, uh, we intended to. We, it's just hard to, in the grand scheme to remember every, everybody's name. So if we hung out with you or had a chat with you or said hello and, uh, and, and we didn't mention you tonight, it's not because, uh, we, we, we meant to. So. There you go. Tomas, anything you would like to add? Well, yeah, I, I was on a Kirby tribute panel, which was the first time I was ever on anything like that. I've talked about Kirby a lot, uh, you know, on panels and in front of people, but this was a dedicated, uh, Jack Kirby panel held by 
uh, John Morrow from the, 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 um, Jack Kirby collector. Oh, yeah, tomorrow's publishing. And, uh, I shared a microphone with Roy Thomas. Uh, me and him were Ooh. dead center, uh, on the table. And then, and then to our left was John Cook, who does all the, all the sort of the Kirby collectors about people other than Kirby that, that tomorrow's publishes. And, um, that was just, it was, it was incredible. I mean, just being able to, to, and, and it was a packed house and to just talk about Kirby and what, what he meant to me and, and hearing the other, everybody else uh, talk about what he meant to them and, and getting some of, you know, Roy's uh, insider info, you know, I, I, just for the time we had him, I, I, I kind of wanted to pump him for information about like, okay, yeah, the Silver Surfer, uh, uh, the, um, Fantastic Four annual uh, number five or six, whatever it was. Did you ghostwrite that? Was it, you know, like I had a million questions that, that didn't quite make it into the thing, but I sort of hit him with, uh, you know, before, before I left, but um, that was just, that was just so much fun. Cool. Uh, as usual, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Go there and be baffled at how cheaply you can get your funny books. And while you're there, make sure to order Transformers vs. G.I. Joe. You gotta do it. Uh, you'll get it for far less than the cover price. Uh, you'll ensure that this great book will, will go on and you'll make Tom and the rest of us happy. And yourself, because it's great art. It is great art. art. Both writing and in, uh, art. So, uh, do that, dcbservice.com, and in your travels, uh, I think it's no secret that, uh, there's an image comics renaissance currently going on. Uh, all eyes are on that company. They're doing a lot of great stuff, but one of the things that seems to be sneaking by most people is there is another second coming within that 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 big renaissance and it is the second coming of Ted McKeever. Mm. Oh. Yes. I read Miniature Jesus uh over the weekend. It's a five issue series in the golden age format, black and white, large scale uh it like like the uh the the projects that Eric uh Larson has done in the in the past with the the homages homage comics to the you know the old golden age books. It's in that same size. Um Ted, Ted has reinvented himself. And is out. That is, uh, Ted just flew out in a rocket. That is awesome. <laughs> on Earth. Love this. Love it's it. probably me. I, I live in, in, in an urban, uh, an it's, urban environment, so it, it, there's, there's a lot of beautiful. traffic and, and, uh, it, honking horns and, and street fights and, you can't get any better. But um, if you have any experience with McKeever's work from, say, Metropole or Eddie Current or Transit, um, there's some of that. But he has reinvented himself. It's a much more intense. There's more realism to the rendering. There's a flurry of lines. He cross hatches. He uses. He smudges stuff with his finger. It, it, there's. It, it's beautiful. Um, it's about a man named Chomsky, who's an, uh, a recovering alcoholic. And he goes and sequesters himself for 26 days to dry out. And, and while he's drying out, he's getting these, well, a dead cat uh, comes to life and talks to him. He's getting these these hallucinations, or so he thinks, of these, these characters and creatures uh, interacting with him. And his path crosses with a backwoods preacher who just so happens to have a crucifix with a miniature Jesus that comes to life. This eight-inch tall Jesus pulls itself off the crucifix, and the two stories intertwine. It is amazing. 
the 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 uh, detail that McKeever has infused this work, it, it, it's just incredible. There are, there are disgusting, uh, blobular creatures that erupt and, and, uh, animated dead cats and, and he goes in and draws all of the bone structure and the cat's head and the, and the, the muscles and gristle hanging off the face. It's gorgeous, but it's really cool because there's a conceptual hook in there where Something happens within the narrative that enables him to draw in the old Metropole style for maybe a couple panels, and then it goes away. It's brilliant. Check it out. Miniature Jesus. They're three ninety nine each. There's five of them. Probably it'll be collected very soon, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't wait for that. Get the single issues. Um, it, it, it's nice, toothy, textured paper. It's just gorgeous. And then, uh, if you like that, there's Mondo and, um, Metaphor and all his recent image work has just all been brilliant. It's great, great stuff. And, and I'm, I'm, uh, kicking myself for not talking about it, uh, until now. And waiting for so long to read it. I waited till the entire miniseries was done until I read it, which was stupid. So I should have been telling you this. It's just great stuff. Yeah. So, do that. So crazy. I am crazy. You crazy. You're so crazy. Oh, man. Well, I didn't. I haven't had a chance to do a lot of readings since our last episode with the whole um, con stuff. Uh, but I did – it was funny because the one page of art that I did leave the convention with uh, was from an issue I read the night before. Uh, before I went to um, – before I went to sleep Thursday, I was reading some of The Punisher – by Nathan Edmondson and uh, Mitch Jarrett, and then when we get to the convention Friday, and we're talking to Mitch, and I'm going through his portfolio, and uh, I find some pages from recent issues, five and six specifically, and uh, and so I bought one. So I'm going to say to go ahead, and um, I've been pretty much saying this since the first issue came out from this current volume, but uh, I am still. It's not just. It's still different than, than previous Punisher versions, whether it's Rucka or Garth or uh, anybody else. But there's a lot of other stuff going on with the other characters. And uh, not only was Electro uh, the big bad, there was also um, some Domino. So I am looking forward to hearing Jason talk about this Punisher run. But mm. yeah, go ahead and uh, and and check that out. I think it's a more human Punisher. It's, than, than it's we've weird seen. because it's you would think that the more air quotes human Punisher would be in the max or not grounded in the six one six. Plus, he's also out of his element and is in Los Angeles. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess with all of this stuff going on, that's out of the norm as far as the Punisher goes. Uh, you know, there's it, it's yeah it. It's different. I like it. It's, uh, I would, I, I agree with Vince about, about being more human, but, um, yeah, if, if, and it, it's, it's still new. So you can still, it's, it's not like, you know, he's been in LA for years and you know, I don't know where to start. Just shut up and read it. Yeah. I don't think the first trade has come out yet. It, it may be in the, in the most recent previews. Okay. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in your travels, uh, needless to say, uh, Make sure to go out and get yourself 
some of this G.I. Joe Transformers goodness. Word. Uh, but uh, in, in the meantime, if you're looking to read something right now, got to give uh, uh, some props to some image books that uh, that had strong first issues and then have followed it up with uh, with uh, very compelling follow up issues, which is always the key, right? Because it's 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 not easy, but it's 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 certainly common for first issues to hook you, and then sometimes second issues can can not follow suit in this case that wasn't uh, that wasn't what happened so I'm talking about uh, uh trees uh which uh second issue was was terrific built off the first one has me psyched for what's coming uh deadly class uh which uh number 6 is cu- coming out which uh, has uh picks up in this, the start of the second arc uh, again just remember just killing it there uh uh nail biter number 2 um Love the premise. Uh, talked about it a few times, but but number two, uh, I think is, is is even stronger than the first issue. Uh, and, and then certainly uh, last but not least, Southern Bastards, which uh, it's number two, uh, just continues to blaze a trail of of Southern nasty awesomeness uh, that uh, that first issue did. So so keep on keeping on, Image. Y'all are doing something right. A couple of years from now, we'll be talking about the Southern Bastards movie. I'm that hoping is, more for a TV show, but that that is oh. one person who, and I saw him at his table. He was busy. Uh, there, there was even a Heroes edition uh, variant for Southern Bastards number two, but I, uh, I did not get to say introduce myself to uh, Jason Latour. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Thomas, what should they be reading? You know, it's somebody who was also a guest of Heroes Con. I don't know if you guys got a chance to talk to him or get a sketch from him, but uh, Jim Starlin did not. Yeah, well, I, I have a uh, I have a Thanos quick little doodle head sketch that we got from Baltimore last year. Yeah, yeah, I've I've, I've seen him there. I I think I did talk to him at Heroes. He was there maybe two years ago or three years ago. I uh, didn't get a chance to talk to him this time, but um, when I came home, I went to the to the local shop and I saw there's a Thanos annual. Yes, that's out. Uh, written by him with art by Ron Lim, who like I love uh, when Starlin draws his own comics, but but Ron Lim's definitely the next best thing. And uh, it's it's I it's a story, um, you know, like a Thanos story, and it's told from Thanos's point of view with with his voiceover, and he's talking about the time, you know, all the horrible things Captain Marvel did to him. And there's a sequence of panels where he says. You know, uh, you know, Marvel destroyed my dreams. Marvel took away, you know, everything I ever cared about. <laughs> and it, that can't be a coincidence. I mean, the, mm. you know, the, he's got to be, you know, making some kind of, you know, sly statement. In the, I mean, that's a that's a Jim Starlin tradition, you know, going back to, you know, Adam Warlock and stuff where you'd have the clowns that were supposed to be Stan Lee and Roy Thomas. And, you know, so uh, it's definitely worth checking the uh, the, the story's great. Um you know, Starlin's always there with a great story. I don't know if he does layouts for these or not, because the layouts feel so much like a Starlin layout, or if just that, you know, Ron Lim has internalized that style to such a degree that, that, that the, you know, the storytelling, you know, feels like visual Starlin storytelling, but uh, definitely g- give that one a read. Yeah, that one's on my stack. I did read it. it it's because it takes place uh, after... Uh, an issue or the events following the, uh, an old issue of Captain Marvel from the late seventies. And it's, it's, um, it is, it's, I didn't know what to expect because I, I thought it was going to be more or less a, uh, something new or, or it, not tying into guardians of the galaxy or anything. Just, I, I didn't know it was going to be what it was. I'm glad it, I, I have no problems 
with it being what it was, I, uh, any expectations I had were, were met, but it was, um, it was, it's nice seeing Starlin back playing with, with some of his toys that, uh, that he had fun with long ago. And, and I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be the, the biggest Thanos fan, but it's, um, I still appreciated the characterization that, that, that we had in this and, and Lim looked great, but yeah, it was, um, the Starlin was definitely the draw for me on this one. Yeah, it's nice to see Lim in the uh, actual 616 instead of being shunted off to the Marvel Next stuff. Yeah, sure. well, wait, there was that, and then there was the, um, was it the Dabble Brothers? Who the hell was it? The Anita, that, that, um... Well, Steve Olaf was always uh, pushed away, pushed into the Marvel Next stuff. Right. Yeah. Who else was in there? Uh, Nock. Uh, Sal. Sal Basima. Well, be probably with, friends. With, well, yeah, we're on friends too. Yeah, I miss those books in a way. In a way. I really do. I do. All right, everybody. Um, let's give a big, uh, thank you to our, our guest, Tom Scholey, because he's awesome and, and, uh, we're, we're so glad that he came here on here with us this week. Uh, thanks for having Absolutely. me. I yeah, really appreciate really. it. Long overdue. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we got, it'll, it'll, we got to do the live version a little bit at, at Heroes, so. Oh, nice. I can. Next year for sure. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yep. Y'all heard it here first. Yeah, next year for sure. I'm just working too damn hard. But anyway, uh, thank y'all for being here. Uh, as usual, you can find us in the same spot you found this, uh, little, uh, festering puddle of goo. And we will be back next week doing the same thing over and over and over. Cause why, David? Because Vince loves you. No, we all love oh, you. Oh, yeah, we all love you. My bad. We do. I can read minds. They don't know it, but I can do it, and they all love you. They do. I love heroes. Go. I love heroes, Con. Mm-hmm. Great show. Oh. Big time. Say good night, David. Good night, David.
Or instead, you visit a local sake house. Where you relax over tiny cups of warm wine and listen to strolling musicians. Or if you'd prefer the excellent Japanese beer, just say, Beer Ippo. One beer. <laughs>